Welcome to the Tome, a D&D news, reviews, and interview show, and I'm your Tome editor, Sam Dillon. And today we are bringing you Season 2 of the World Tree Burns podcast, the official actual play 5th edition D&D podcast that takes place in the Cobalt Press setting Midgard. We hope you enjoy this season, and without further ado, let's see what Dan Dillon has in store for his players. Look, mate, three generations ago, my ancestors forged the Great Blade Skullsplitter. With it... They won the Goblin Wars, the Hobgoblin Wars, the Orc Wars, the Demon Wars, the Elf Wars, and the Gelatinous Cube Wars. That one doesn't even make sense because they don't have skulls. Now, all these years later, the legend of the Great Skull Splitter grows. Offering dice to help you create your own legends, Skull Splitter Dice makes the highest quality dice beautiful dice of both plastic and metal. Want to roll bones that look like bones? or just something with enough heft to split the skulls of your enemies, Skull Splitter Dice has that and more. Check them out now at SkullSplitterDice.com slash Tomeshow and use the coupon code Tomeshow with all little letters and get 15% off. Now get out there, split some skulls, and build some legends. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Encounter Roleplay. Uh, my name is Will, I'm a DD sex icon. We're back today for another episode of Cobalt Press's The World's Tree Burns. And it's been a little while since we've all been here. Um, it feels good to be back, and it's good to see you guys there in the chat as well. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hello, come watch us on live show sometime. Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, when you can come see us here on twitch.tv forward slash Encounter Roleplay. But let's go around the cast and the crew, and uh, let's remind ourselves of who we are. It's been so long, and remind ourselves about your characters as well. Let's start with our Dungeon Master, Mr. Dan Dillon. Dan, how's it going, my friend? It's going really well. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been just rife with breaks uh, this 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 go round, and uh, yeah, no, not fun, not fun. I'm happy to be back. I'm delighted to see all you lovely people, and I will be your dungeon master for this evening. Also, my audacity seems to be picking up the wrong mic, so I'm going to fix that while you guys do your intros. <laughs> Aha! Amazing. Uh, well, uh, we have Simply Jackson back with us today. Simply, how's it going tonight? I'm going good. I'm excited to be back. I went from being on holiday to bringing in the new year to doing Pack South. And so now it's the first gap of time where I'm actually back at a normal time and schedule. So I'm super excited. I've been like eager. Even last week, I was like, I'm so ready for D&D this week. And everybody's like, we're not doing it. And I was like, no. <laughs> so, I'm so sorry. That was my fault. No, it was my fault no, for not remembering. No, 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 no. So I, I, I knew, but it was one of those things that I was just like so eager that my brain was like, it's happening. It was not happening. But I yeah, I'm excited. I played Tilly here on the show, our Dwarven fighter. She is just good at busting stuff and not very good at discussing stuff. So we'll see how <laughs> that how that goes. But yeah, Amazing. thanks for being here, guys. There's a mix. Fantastic. Mix. Yeah, definitely. Uh, McLogan, how's it going today, buddy? No. Uh, hi, I'm McLogan. <laughs> um, I, today, today I'm playing uh, the lovable gnome ranger cloak who always tells the truth and never lies to anyone. 
Uh, I'm excited because I'm kind of curious on what the fuck's going to go down because I'm pretty sure the guards are going to show up in any minute now because we probably made a shit ton of noise uh, in the middle of the day. So we'll have to be like, look what we found, vampires. And then the holy knights are going to show up and they're going to be like... Super understanding is what they're going to be. Super understanding. Yep. That's the one thing that Zopakian guards are known for is a deep understanding Pal- of Paladins are known for their level head. Yeah. <laughs> but like daytime murder is like super yeah. super chill here. It's gonna be great. That'll that'll oh, just not fun. Yeah, amazing. Uh well we have Skull and Morph back of us tonight. Skull how's it going today? I'm back. I've missed Yay. playing DMZ with my World Tree crew. It's been over a month since I've played, so I was getting very sad and going through withdrawals and shaking. Addiction to DD is a bad thing, folks, but we love it. Hey. So, hey, I'm playing Rowan, the Red Hawk cleric. Um, I'm gonna have to get my get my accent back into the swing of things, and she's gonna turn up like that one scene uh, from Community with pizza and everything's on fire. <laughs> and she's not going to know what's going on. I was probably going to have to Yeah, to that's pretty accurate. accurate. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Wish I could see you were wrong. <laughs> but you'd get on. Uh, amazing. No. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. always tough. Yep, that's it. Uh, amazing, we have Tool School back of us nice School. How's it going, my friend? I am doing good. Uh, sorry, I completely dumped my sub on top of uh, on top of Scarlet Moth because I, for some reason, thought I was next. I don't know why. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, no, uh, I am here. I'm excited. I will be playing Laz, who is our Geomancer Trollkin, who, uh, yeah, he uh, kind of brought on the uh, brought on the uh, char- charm and damage last time as he uh, has discovered that. You know, when archers end up in your face, shadow blades are a wonderful thing. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, you know, Glass is showing his real dark, edgy side. He's, like, being all, all edgy and stuff now. He's going through his edge master uh, emo phase. So it lasted about 20 seconds. In, I'm just saying I comment. can't even. My, my brain rejects those two, <laughs> those two things coming together. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> I want to see it so All bad, right. though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is the Jackson. Thanks so much for all this sub gifts there. Mighty Moose, Crummel, Redmaster, Shiny Pilot. Now we welcome you guys. Awesome. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, I could just imagine Glass, like that one scene from Spider Man 3, where he's just getting like oh, full emo. He's like walking down yes. the street, and that's just Glass now. <laughs> like, I need it so much. Don't talk about that. Um, he totally gets a tusk pierced. It's going to be great. Having a little dark <laughs> jazz number. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, my God. Amazing. Uh, well, as for myself, I'm really I'm sort of coming out of his edgy phase a little bit. I mean, he's still pretty dark, but he's slightly less uh, edgy and uh, and drugged up than he, he has been for the rest of the series. Cause God knows that was getting old for, for, for me. But, um, yeah, he's now also a paladin and also incredibly level-headed. Uh, and he loves killing vampires and killing things with his tentacle whip, and he's just got this kind of more happier uh, disposition nowadays, but uh, a, an even darker sort of well in which to go to. So I'm um, very much looking forward to playing Reardan today. But before we get into the action, my friends, 
Uh, I'll remind you guys of a couple of things. The first of which is we're sponsored here today by Cobalt Press. Go ahead and check those guys out over at cobaltpress.com. We're playing in the world of Midgard, which is awesome, dark, fancy D&D 5E. So go and check out the PDFs, books, and materials that are over on Cobalt Press's website there to play in your own game of Midgard because it is fantastic. And then, of course, our regular sponsors include Fancy Grounds, uh, Whaling Games, and TabletopLoot.com. Go and check those guys out. They support the show. And, of course, go and retweet this tweet, my friends, because when we get 20 retweets, we give away a set of dice to you guys there in the chat from Tabletop Loot. Uh, so go again. Get retweeting. And of course, you can donate to a feather game as well by giving players net ones, net twenties, wild magic surges, and this month's awful table, which is beautiful, of pets. Yes, over 500 pets are available to throw at body members in awful, hilarious, and ridiculous ways. Uh, oh, but I think good. that's all, really, oh, um, oh, from pets. from me. I, I know I want pets. I, I mean, we had a bear, we set it on fire. We should do that again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have, like, yeah. we Blink dog. Have a blink uh, dog. Yeah. When, when can we get a, a tiny baby vampire pet? <laughs> any, a tiny any baby now. vampire? Oh boy, that's <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, uh, oh, dear, I mean, but yes, um, Dan, why don't you remind us a little bit what happened last time on the show because it's been so long for some of us. Oh and, boy, uh, yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's, it's been a little while. So uh, last time there was. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember exactly what happened through most of last session. If anybody else remembers the details, feel free to jump in. I remember where we ended. I could tell us all. About I really that. remember where we ended. Um, uh, I believe. Uh, I believe Cloak had an interesting encounter at the book fetish, where he met up with his friend there named Layla and learned a little bit more about what goes on at this strange um, evening hours bookstore in the in the college district. Um, uh, apparently they're attached to something called the Temple of Painful Pleasures. Oh, hello there, Ladybug. All right, go on toward bed, please. Did you guys see a cat in the background? <laughs> did we hear a cat? I don't yes. know. We might have. Oh, him. they did. Very Black cute. and white cat. You should, you should give him to me. Yep, they, uh, <laughs> they, they heard Izzy. We got you a new snow shelter. Thank you, I appreciate that. Go on, I'm running a game now. Bye-bye. Love you. Uh, no, Dan. Can you show us the new sh snow shovel now, please? I would like. All right, I'll be right back. Snow shovel, all right. Yep, 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 yep. Right. So you might. We'll see what the what the donations are all about. Uh, <laughs> Cloak learned a little bit more about uh, the existence of this thing called the Temple of Painful Pleasures, and got just a, a bare sort of introduction as to what might be going on there, and some possibly tantalizing hints for more in-depth uh, exploration later if he decides that that's sort of his cup of tea. But uh, that's going to be all up to Cloak. Uh, eventually. The uh, our our friendos found their way to the dock district, where they had received information that members of the Blood Kingdom had snuck into Zobek and were hiding out, and so they went to go check that out. Rowan, I believe, had taken her leave because after that uh, scene in the cartways with all of the blood elementals and the blood zombies, she was grievously wounded. Um, even worse than in the battle with the vampire spawn. And again, uh, Glaz noticed that strange ephemeral dissolution around her wounds and just the uh, just sort of the desaturation of her colors and the visual image of her as she was that wounded, which faded back into normalcy as she was uh, 
gifted with some healing magics. Uh, however, she was feeling extremely exhausted, not very well herself, and uh, basically excused herself back to her room to recuperate. Uh, so, Scarlet Moth, that is where uh, that is where your character has been through all of this. Uh, you have been um, expanding on some of your memoirs, going through some of your um, your trinkets that hold the memories of your stories, and just sort of recentering yourself. Make sense? All right. Uh, and so, oh yes, yes, you have had a long rest. Yes, indeed. Um, and I will say that you will kind of snap back into the action when you hear the frantic tapping on your window and you see the silver raven form of Baldwin, the, the raven companion that usually lives as Tilly's shield emblem. And it delivers in Tilly's voice uh, a request for you to meet them at a, at a address not too far from where you're staying. Uh, and so you can be on your way there. Meanwhile, uh, as that message is delivered and you are making your way down the streets to that address, our heroes, uh, led first by Cloak, <laughs> broke into the basement, the, uh, the cellar bulkhead door of this address they were given. He went into the basement to snoop around a bit, uh, and it took some doing to get into the door. As I recall, it took him several good tries with a crowbar to finally break the damn thing open, and uh, as he was skulking around in the basement, he noticed a creature scuttling around on the ceiling above him that had thankfully managed to not catch sight of him in the darkness he was using to cover his own, uh, his own prowlings, and this vampire spawned was uh, spider climbing its way around the ceiling and walls of the basement looking for the source of the intrusion. Uh, that led us to a full intrusion into the basement. There was battle with vampire spawn and these uh, living thralls. Uh, Glaz was set upon by several outside and laid about him with some shadow magic uh, mixed with his control of flame. And uh, that's basically where we're, we're going to come back into the action. Uh, Cloak has just uh, kind of fighting shoulder to shoulder with Tilly, driven his saber into the heart of the vampire spawn that Tilly recognized as Ladislav, the vampire who first warned her and uh, Rowan about the existence of Riodan, that this important individual was in fact still alive and that they should go find him. This vampire uh, is apparently no longer any sort of ally, and Cloak runs his blade through the creature's heart. It screams in agony, and its body begins to disintegrate, uh, decomposing rapidly into this thick, greasy ash that's raining down on he and Tilly. Uh, as Riodan has lashed his way through the thralls, that were standing between him and the rest of the house, he pushed forward into the darkness of the basement and he found a figure cowering, huddling in the corner. He could hear the heavy clink of chains and smell the, uh, the dry tang of old blood. And uh, as the light flared from Glaz's lantern, filling the heart of flame, filling the blue light into the basement, you came face to face with your old friend and lover, Janielle, who, to your knowledge, died in your fateful assault on the Blood King in your attempt to depose him. He is uh, on his knees. He's shackled about his, uh, his neck and his wrists and the chains run and are just sort of driven into a spike in the, the stone blocks of the wall. And uh, one of his eyes is swollen almost completely shut, and there's dried blood crusting his lips and his nose, and the side of his face is an old, livid bruise. 
and he's just kind of cowering behind his hands and is just barely letting his guard down uh, as the the realization of who he's talking to slowly dawns on him. And that's where we'll pick up. Danielle? Yeah, yes, it's me. I, oh, God. Praise the Red Maiden. Huh? You're alive. I thought they might have killed you already. What? You are... How are you... How are you... How are you alive? He, uh, he kind of lets his hands fall uh, into his lap with this heavy clank of chains and just sort of slumps a, a little bit in the corner. And he shakes his head and he says, Sometimes... I think it would have been better if I had died, but uh, most of us survived that that Derekul's magic. Most of us survived the blast. The rest were left to die, impaled on those bone stakes. They uh, they took me down. It was it was Cosinia. She stopped them from killing me. What, Cosinia? She's been trying to... <laughs> sort of... He's in absolute disbelief. And uh, then sort of realizes that he needs to help Jinniel out of these chains. Let, let me... And he's going to, I guess, fumble around, try and find a lock that he can break. So there are definitely locks on the shackles. Um, and if you want to spend some time working at it with, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe a crowbar or a hammer or a spike or something, you can break the locks open. Uh, what's everybody yeah. else doing at this time? Um... When I see Riodan going for the um, for the locks, I get to f- use my rune finally. Um, Ooh! So, uh, Riodan, here, uh, you do not want to hurt him. Uh, I have right. I have magic that I can use to uh, to open this, and right. uh, I get out my um, my rune uh, of. Um, of Ish- Ehwaz, my Ehwaz room, which is horses, freedom, and nithing pole. Uh, and uh, I trace the Eshwa, the Ehwaz, sorry, the Ehwaz rune uh, upon the lock of the shackles. And uh, you see, you hear this sort of drawing of lay energy up into the rune, and you hear a uh, as it is like casting the knock spell, but without the noise. Yep. Uh, all right. So he spends some time inscribing this rune with uh, with colored chalk onto the shackles, and it flares with a sort of bright bluish white light, and and with a heavy click, the locks all pop open. And the uh, the rune, for anyone who's not familiar of it, looks uh, looks basically like a capital M. With all, all straight lines, sharp angles. Tilly is going to be immediately telling a cloak since he's right next to her about Ladislav and the whole history with how he told us about coming over here and meeting Riordan. He used to be a follower of Riordan. I don't know why he attacked us. I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, well, but this well, is who told us to come here to the town. Uh, as she's like telling me all this, I'm also like going through shit to see if there's like any money uh, okay. and uh, items, and also looking so, for a way upstairs. 
All right. So as this creature, uh, apparently named Ladislav, was thrashing in its death throes and and just sort of disintegrating all over you, and you have these sort of dark gray smudges where the ashes just kind of uh, landed on your shoulders and your cloak and then smeared. Um, you uh, his clothes just kind of go limp and fall with the big wet. <sighs> as these ashes sort of spray and splatter out from the inside of the clothes. And so you take some time going through, um, uh, going through his sort of personal possessions. Uh, you come up with a silver holy symbol of Morena uh, worth uh, 50 gold pieces. And uh, there's a pouch that has a heavy clink of coin. And inside it, you find 10 platinum pieces and they are of a, uh, they're of uh, blood. Uh, sorry, they're of Krakowan uh, mint. Okay. So what was Does once? Does that mean I can't uh, use them here? Oh no, you totally can. Just, uh, okay. just they're not local coinage. I will gladly uh, and take. As you are poking around in the pouch, uh, there is almost like a little side pocket in the coin purse. It's not really hidden, but it is separate from the rest of the. Uh, from the rest of the pouch, and it has mm-hmm. like a little uh, a little separate button fastening it. Okay, I'm gonna look in that little device. Okay, so you pop it open, and there are five strange coins tucked inside of it. I'm Let's see if I can going to examine gonna... the coins. Sure. Uh, while you're examining the coins, Rowan, you come across the, uh, the address in question. Around the front, um, it looks to all the world as if this place is deserted or maybe just closed up. There's um, uh, heavy curtains and uh, shutters closed tightly over the windows and curtains on the inside if you kind of peek through. Uh, it doesn't look like the place is run down necessarily. It just sort of looks like there's either no one home or they're not interested in guests. Uh, and I can't remember, Tilly, if you told her that you were going into the basement. Um, I think we just told her because it's so short. We told her the address. Right. We told her definitely vampires and that if she needed to come, she could come and that was good. Okay. Did, did uh, we drag the... Is Bald? Yeah, Baldwin's still with you. Yeah. Oh, so he he would definitely take you around the back. Yeah. yeah he knows he knows where he was given the message. Uh, what's did up? We Paul? drag the archers inside, or there are two oh, dead fuck. archers no, laying not. in the street. There are two <laughs> dead archers. They are not on the street. Remember, they were around the back, and the back right. of the house is basically not up against another street. It's up against the river. So there's no other houses or businesses right on that back end there. Now, it's open to any, to any river traffic. However, you guys waited until there was nothing close by. So there's a clean view to you from the, from the, uh, the tip of the gullet, that long kind of uh, banana-shaped ang- you know, swoosh of an island where all the warehouses and docks are. But you're a good five, 600 feet away from the closest place anyone could see. So there's almost no chance they would see dead bodies lying there. It's very possible someone might have seen the battle in action, in process. Uh, So Rowan, you follow the silver-winged raven who kind of looks at you with his one scarred eye, and he kind of clicks his beak and uh, and, and, uh, then wings down the alleyway, and you follow him around the back. And as you come around the back... 
you can smell a, a strange tang in the air, the, the after effect of some form of magic. And uh, in fact, as you get close, you can hear the echoing crackle of an invoked rune just sort of hanging in the air around you. I've gone past the bodies of two archers as well. Yeah, I? as you uh, as you come out, you can see that the two windows uh, on the upper area there are um, kind of askew, like something maybe knocked the window frames out of alignment a little bit in sort of a chaotic fashion. A few of the nails are popped, and the plaster on the outside of the walls has been cracked away from the uh, the kind of brick and beams on the inside. And there are two burly human uh, ruffians lying dead, uh, kind of at either side of this cellar bulkhead, those angular doors that are thrown open, um, you can see, you smell charred flesh and hair immediately, uh, and you can see one of them, uh, his eyes are open, but kind of rolled back, and the whites, the sclera of his eyes, are just riddled with burst blood vessels, and there is thick blood that's flowed freely out of his nose and ears. Um, can I toss them into the river, please? Sure. Yeah, you can drag them over and just sort of just sort of kick them into the river. I think Puff Puff's there, and Puff Puff's not in the basement because Puff Puff was with us. I never declared oh. where she's at. Right. So yeah, Puff Puff's up top, just like hanging out with dead bodies. So uh, yeah, as you come around and start messing with the bodies, there's a gold and silver shimmer of of these motes of light, and Puff Puff appears and kind of snuffles at your hand. Puff Puff. Uh, so so she greets you, uh, although her hackles are up and she's kind of staring back toward this open cellar door. And you can hear voices, and you can see the blue glow of Glaz's lantern uh, illuminating from inside there. So you can take a moment and uh, and drag the bodies and toss them into the river. Um, why don't you go ahead and make me a... Why don't you make me a dexterity stealth check to see how, uh, how unnoticeable that is? Oh, great. Dexterity stealth, was that? Yes, please, please. Ooh, good roll, good roll. That's a... Tw- 21 total. All right. Uh, so, yeah, you, um, you're you no stranger uh, to this sort of business, honestly. You've lived a long life. You've done a lot of things. And so you wait until uh, the, the coast is very well clear. So you, you spy a, uh, a barge that's kind of poling its way along the river, and you wait until it goes around a bend, and you're sure that the sailors won't catch sight of you, and you just sort of roll the bodies down the riverbank. Now, you'll have to kind of get involved if you want to push them out into the water a good ways, but you can get them into the into the shallows and out of sight, no problem. Yeah, she's just going to go, oh, well, this, this won't do. Careless. And she's just going to start dragging them over and just go, well, and just shove them in. All right, just sort of roll them down the bank and into the uh, yep. into the mud and weeds, and they um, they don't disappear, but it's really someone's going to have to basically happen upon them to notice them at this point. They're pretty well uh, pretty well disguised, at least from cursory discovery. So you can make your way back over, and at this point, um, you uh, can head down into the basement if you like. What's everybody else doing down there in the wake of using the rune to open up? Genial's shackles. Uh, yeah. Cloak, you were you were messing around with those weird coins. I'm just trying to find the right reference for those real quick. Make sure I don't steer you awry. What's everybody else doing? I'm going to pick Genial up and sort of soldier, carry him as best I can. Um, okay. All the while, sort of in a bit of shock, you know, last person in the world he ever expected to see again. 
I would imagine so, yeah. All right, so you get the uh, the shackles off of him, and you can see that there's uh, just kind of livid irritation underneath the uh, the iron manacles on his wrists. Less so around his throat, although you do see um, bl- dried blood crust at his throat. That suggests maybe he was wounded there, but the wounds have healed. So either someone has used some healing magic on him, although that doesn't really follow because it probably would have healed the rest of his wounds as well. More likely he was probably fed on by a vampire and then, you know, they have means of of kind of erasing the trace of their feeding so they don't leave a track. Uh, So he struggles uh, weakly to his feet, his legs kind of... uh, threatened to buckle, you throw his arm over your shoulders, and he's really he's really no burden to hold up. He's hes pretty thin. Uh, it looks like he hasn't been eating well, and he's not carrying any heavy equipment or anything, so you can support him easily. And he kind right. of uh, lays one hand on, uh, on your chest as you pick him up, and just sort of sighs gratefully and can't really find his voice at this moment. Um, Tilly, what are you doing at this at this time? <clears throat> Tilly, frankly, has probably been checking to see why Ladislav had his fangs again, and then is going to try to remove them for Rowan to take back to her. Uh, so so there are no fangs left. Ladislav's entire body has decayed to that oh, thick, okay. heavy gray ash. Okay. Um, so Tilly will go over and try to help lift this individual, even though he right. very clearly doesn't need any help. <laughs> Okay, so you. cloak. You pull out. You pull out these five strange coins uh, in that little side pouch inside the inside the coin purse. These coins have um, openings or holes punched in the center of them, and the mint, the uh, sort of relief carving or uh, or stamp on the faces of the coins, is actually a face, and the hole is a gaping mouth that sort of punches through the center of the coin. Inside the mouth is a glittering little red spark of light suspended in that hole. Each one of them has uh, has one such, one such Can I glitter. roll Arcana? Uh, sure. You can make an Intelligence Arcana check. Okay. Uh, dirty 20. Okay, uh, so I set the difficulty at this one at 25 because this is pretty well okay. outside of your area of expertise, so that is unfortunately not... Uh, you've, you've not encountered these before, but I will say that with that check, there is definite um, Morgau sort of um, blood magic uh, imagery in some of the engraving on the coins. So you're, mm-hmm. you're able to recognize that with a, with a 20. Um, okay, so uh, I would walk up to uh, Riordan and Glaz and go, hey, what are these? And like hold out the coins. Okay. So he holds out this, uh, his, he holds out his hand with these strange coins in them. Riordan, you recognize them immediately. These are blood marks. Uh, so these magical coins, a living being let the drop of their blood fall through the hole, which then vanishes and becomes that little spark of light. That person is now pledged to that mark. At a later date, the uh, bearer of up to five blood marks can invoke the magic in them and collect on that pledge and steal the life from the person who pledged to the coin to heal their own wounds. I sort of absentmindedly recite my knowledge on that, Mm -hmm. I think. 
So, yeah, so basically you could say that, yeah, someone uh, pledges their blood to it, and then at a later date, you know, at, at some time later, uh, a vampire usually, or anyone really, could cash in on that pledge. Yeah. Uh, I'm Are there... distracted, Cloak. Sorry. I have some pledges to I'm assuming, assuming Rowan gets down the stairs at this point. Uh, yeah, yeah, Rowan, you, uh, so a shadow darkens the sunlight streaming in, the, the morning sun streaming in through the, uh, through the, the stairway and the bulkhead, and you see the cloaked form of Rowan and the silver glitter of Baldwin at her shoulder. And Puff Puff. And, and Puff Puff. Puff Puff is kind of, uh, kind of pick, picking up the rear. What is going on here? Oh, a little, little that, you know, you vampires. Have to do. Hmm? Uh, Rowan, uh, this More is um, an old friend of mine. And we met an old friend of ours, too. But he's oh, not a friend anymore. I don't, I don't have any, many, very many friends, so you might have to jog my memory. Well, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a joke, Rowan. Uh, the, uh, remember the uh, vampire who helped us get here, Elislav? The oh, one you took his right. strength? Oh, yeah, he right. was supposed yes. to burn? No, he didn't. He's here. Or, well, he was here, and she, like, points at the pile of rubble that was him. And he wasn't our friend anymore at that point, so I don't... Oh, uh, that was quite a shock. Um, and then Where? now we have a, a new slash old friend of uh, Rian, I assume. I'm sorry, I didn't catch the name. I was too busy helping the wound. Genial. He's not feeling so well. Uh, so we should probably get him. Genial, you said Cassinia saved you. But she's been trying to hold uh, me I down mean, for some time now. I suppose saved is technically correct, but she... <sighs> She kept me alive to steal all I knew of what we'd been doing. I'm, I'm sorry. I tried not to give her anything, but... And he just sort of trails away, and his head falls. And you know that between mundane torture methods and a vampire's powers of persuasion, over an extended period of time, there's almost no way anyone could hold out. Right. You did your best, old friend. I'm sorry. But Rowan is right. We need to get you out of here before there were paladins nearby. They're likely to have been drawn by the sound and the ruckus. So there's a place. You'll be safe there. Would you like me to heal him? I I can do that. Please. Just going to take a look at it. Neil, I'll take a better look at his wounds and sort of. So most most of his issues seem to be from deprivation and exhaustion, but he definitely does have like he it looks like he's been beaten. He's probably suffering from some blood loss. Yeah, uh, I mean oh, healing yeah. would help for sure. I mean, you guys can do that. I'm gonna investigate upstairs, or at least try to get upstairs, and see if there's anything more up there, or if any other clues exist up there. Are you sure that is wise? We we know that we had archers upstairs who attacked me out from outside. They were on the second floor. I cannot imagine that there's not something or someone awaiting on the first. Well, they would have been here by now because, like, we made a lot of noise and they didn't come to their aid. 
And next time, how about you dispose of the bodies? Oh, what right. Oops, sorry. That, my bad. For what it's... They were taking a nap. How could you tell from that far away? Now they're taking a nap in the river, so... Speaking about that, injury, I'm just going to go and keep going. Are they going to have a wet dream? <laughs> oh, no. Too soon? I don't know um, what that is, but I think it's dirty, so mind your tongue, Cloak. Do, do you want a blood mark? <laughs> I give her one. Yeah, yeah. He hands you a, a, a little kind of tarnished gold coin with this uh, this stylized face with a gaping open mouth and a little little mode of red light sparkling in the center of that mouth that is a hole that's punched through the coin. Shiny, shiny, shiny. Gonna put that in my pack. Um, what are you done? Um, I admit I do not know much about the vampire culture uh, and the vampire culture as well as I'm sure that you do. I'm, I mainly just know what I've picked up in young adult fiction. But are vampires, do they actually sleep during the day? If they are actual full-blooded vampires up there, is it like in the novels where they are sleeping and would not be able to help eat no matter how much noise that we made? Is this our our chance to perhaps rid ourselves of them? Or is that just uh, fancy storytelling? I mean, there's no... I'm assuming, Dan, that there's no guarantee that they would definitely be asleep. But maybe there's so, a chance. Uh, let's see. You are aware of kind of the... I mean, you've been around vampires a lot. Why don't you give me an um, intelligence, arcana, religion, or history, your choice on any of those, and see how well yeah. you uh, you know what's what. Oh, not one. Oh, four. Okay, <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Uh, all right. So you don't know too much. You don't. You, you do know that vampires of any stripe, true, full-blooded noble vampires, spawn. They definitely sleep during the day. And as far as you know, they need something special about their resting place. But this spawn was obviously up and active. So uh, you you kind of, the best you're able to surmise is that maybe they can wake up just like you can if you're asleep and something disturbs right. you. I, I don't think there's any way to be sure, Glass, they can wake up the same as you or I. Uh, I'm not uh, feeling like I want to risk Genielle any further. So oh, I agree. if you wish to press on, then feel free, but I need to look after my friend. Rowan, did you heal Genielle? Uh, she's going to go and heal him now. I'll use okay. a... Uh, what spell do I want to use? She's gonna, while I'm figuring out what spell to use, she's going to say to uh, Rodan, uh, can, can you carry him? Get him to save Yes. Him? Well... Start shuffling along with Tilly's help, I guess. Okay. And so you're taking him out of the house? Me to carry him. You want me to carry him? I carry him? You want me to carry him? Um, No, no, it's fine. Oh, okay. We'll both carry him. One of you could take take the arms, the other could take the legs, and then you can just swing him along for more momentum. Um, he's ambulatory. He can walk just fine. Looks like, yeah, looks like he's a little... It looks a little bit like Rio Dan looked for about three months. Um, I'm I mean, thinking the dancing bear is just a couple blocks away. 
perhaps we can, uh, that would be a safe spot for him. That is close by. I think maybe we could uh, keep him on his two feet, say as if he's a little drunker during the day, just to try not to draw any attention in case anybody asks. Just we don't he, uh, he he says, I I, I think I, I can manage to to walk if we're not going terribly far. Yeah, but you smell like shit. He kind of glances down at himself and doesn't really have anything to say about that. Yeah, his clothes are a little filthy. Uh, Glass, pressed to digitates. At least this let me help with at least a little bit of this. You've you had can a, clean him up a bit. Yeah, you've had a rough. I can't even imagine how long and what you've been through. Let's get you. Let's get you someplace safe. Get some food in you. So uh, you guys were kind of just wounds. okay. Yep, give me cure wounds. At second level. Eleven. So... Okay. Uh, all right. So the radiant energy washes through him, and he uh, he flinches a little bit from kind of the flare of light. It looks like he's probably been down here in the dark for for quite a while, and his eyes still haven't fully adjusted. Um, but you can see that he is now quite a bit less pale. Uh, a good deal of the split lip um, and all that dry blood sort of crusts and flakes away, and uh, you can see whole, unbroken skin beneath it. Uh, he now seems much, uh, much better. At least a lot of his pain is relieved, if nothing else. Um, it looks like he still hasn't eaten or drank well in a long time. Uh, he's probably... Um, suffering from blood drain, uh, which is, you know, as vampires go, it, it, they drain more than your blood. They, they drain the life essence out of you. And so that's going to require either much more powerful magic or rest to, uh, to repair fully. But he is much less worse for wear now. Uh, in game terms, his hit point maximum is still pretty heavily reduced. He's got levels of exhaustion, but he is now no longer bloodied. So that helped him quite a bit. And he's able to um, move around a little bit more. And certainly for short periods, he can probably fake it till he makes it for looking not injured and, you know, not ripped to hell. So you think you'd probably be safe taking him out on the street at this point, as long as you're not trying to walk him all the way across town. Uh, so, but you guys were saying a few things that caught his ear, and he says, uh, if, if you're worried that Cassinia is here, I, I, you, you needn't fear that. She is not. She has found somewhere else to stay. She has, um, she has found uh, people of power to do her bidding in the city. I don't know who, but uh, she was very excited about it. Can you tell me, okay. How can we trust you? You say that Cosinia saved you. Yes. And how but, can we trust uh, that you are not working for her still? That you are not still enthralled by her? Rowan, this is my oldest friend. Right? He, he trusts uh, him with my life. He, he sort of uh, thinks over it for a while and, and shrugs and says, I, I suppose there, there is no way to know. That uh, was one of the greatest difficulties in doing what we did. Um, uh, so you should take whatever cautions you feel necessary. Rowan's going to take Rio down aside for a moment. Okay. He'd be uh, un, un... Okay, yeah, he wouldn't want to leave him, but he will. Yes. Are you sure that you trust him? I am certain, yes. Eliel is the one who uh, first started a rebellion in the Blood Kingdoms. 
with me. He was my co-conspirator and truth be told, more zealous than I. You are sure that he has not turned? From all I can I'm tell, certain of it. he's been ta- tantamount to tortured. It would have been impossible for him to resist Cassinia's uh, uh, tortures, but they are to break him, not to uh, to turn him. After all, she kept him locked up like a beast. She wanted him on her side. Well, perhaps she could have done. It breaks, it breaks their will. It breaks. He may not need to turn, but he may now be weak willed. What is to say he won't give us up? Give you over to the Blood Kingdom? Or do something foolish? As he said, there's no way for us to know. But I know this. If my friends had given up on me, then I wouldn't be here. She's going to put a hand on his shoulder and say, I trust your judgments, but know that if anything should happen to him, it shall be your responsibility to deal with it. I trust your judgments, but you have... Suffered much the past few months. You should be careful who you trust because we can only trust ourselves. Can you truly trust any of us? I'm not so sure. How I don't trust. I don't trust you. Give me weird drugs. That, that is why you should, you should trust me. I shall wink and let him go back to it. All right. <laughs> Stop for a moment. Okay. <laughs> uh, good talk. <laughs> All right. I think uh, so, so the rest of you. <laughs> so the rest of, of you were searching. Chickens. There you go. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a little bit of the old Rio Dan back. Uh, mm-hmm. When you, the rest of you who are kind of searching through the basement, you find a door that leads to a stairway that leads up into the first floor of the house. I think Laz probably uh, would have gone. With Riodan, just and again, since seeing his concern for Janelle, uh, would have gone to assist just because that's who Glass is. Um, sure. Uh, and so, uh, just uh, you know, probably holding up uh, uh, Janelle while Riodan and Rowan are talking and uh, starts conversations. Janelle, you've, I know you've been locked away, so have you ever seen a dancing bear? It's as good for the spirits. It is quite entertaining. Maybe make you feel a little better. Uh, that's where we're taking He doesn't know what to say to a person, to someone who's been tortured. So he's stumbling and bumbling his way through small talk uh, sure. as Riodan and Rowan speak. Tilio asks, no problem. Danielle, um, do, do you have any belongings that you know of here? Or did you know if you bring anything with you before you came down here? No, uh, everything of mine that was of any importance is long gone. Thank you, though. But uh, I I do know that uh, Cosinia had something stashed in the house. I don't know exactly what, but she she spoke of it as uh, for emergencies. Till it looks at the cloak. I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, he's at the door, and he's like, 
If anything chases me up there, I'll bring him back down here, and then you can hit him with your hammer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, I'll watch the door if you go up, but you'll have to make a noise in case anything goes wrong. Okay. And then uh, uh, Puff Puff and I would stealth up, uh, and then uh, if anyone has anything else they want to do, we can do that before. All right, so Puff Puff and Cloak are heading up into the house. Uh, where is everybody else going? Uh, Tilly's guarding the door where they went in. She's right, not still You're guarding the door. Yeah. All right, yeah. I think got it. Got yeah. it. I'm with. Yeah, I'm with Riordan. If he's staying or going uh, with Janelle, I'll stay with Riordan. Yeah. Uh, All right, you, he'd like to get yeah, back. You, okay, so you said you're headed out. Uh, you're going to take him to the Dancing Bear Inn, is that right? Yeah, Riordan's okay. like, you know, when you just like complete a level and you just want to go and save? And, yeah, yeah, fair. Like, he's supposed <laughs> to protect Janelle before he dies. <laughs> got about to save and he's continuing on. And... Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> yep. We're so glad yeah. with the two of them. Yeah, Loke's about to lose three hours of gameplay. Right. Uh, so, um, yeah, so you guys who are cutting out, you can head to the Dancing Bear. And I think, did Rowan and Tilly, did you, like, say, hey, go take him to our room or, or one of our one of your rooms yeah, or Tilly's, something like that? Okay. Yeah. Rowan's All right, so they... Yeah. Oh, Rowan's going with them. Okay, cool. Got it. All right, so uh, you all make your way out and uh, head out onto the street. Why don't you guys give me a group, uh, and we'll kind of make it your choice. You guys can decide amongst yourselves if you want to do a dexterity stealth check or a charisma deception check to sort of blend in or or move without being seen. Your call. Glass is better at stealth than deception, but yeah, one of that is great. I'll do, I'll do so wait, do we all do the same, or we can? Mix well, that, and match. all right, that's yeah. that's up to you. If you guys want to mix and match, then you stand or fail on your own on your own die roll. If you guys do a group check, you um you can do the group check rules where only half of you have to succeed, but you really have to be doing the same thing. Stealth. Oh, stealth. Stealth. All right, okay. stealth it is. Okay. So everyone who's stealthing, go ahead and make it. <laughs> he says forgetting that he is disadvantaged because he's wearing heavy armor. <laughs> Looks like oh, a right. bad games. Again. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. And I'm betting that that wasn't good enough for Glaz to cover for you. Glaz is not uh, stealthy. However, uh, I missed the box, but there are four of you, and between Rowan and Janielle, you guys managed to make your way without drawing too much undue attention. So there you have it. You guys make your way to the Dancing Bear. Uh, Misha is not currently performing, and nor is she up on her little stage, but you know how it goes. She'll be there later in the day for sure. It's still pretty early in the day at this point. I'd say it's probably just barely getting into noon and lunchtime, if I remember correctly. You guys went in mid to late morning to, uh, to check out this house. So, Tilly, you're just kind of guarding the back entrance, making sure nothing tries to slip out past you or, uh, or in to try and catch Cloak unawares from behind. Cloak, you and Puff Puff are going to search the house, right? Yeah. Uh, All stealthily, because right. we don't know if anything's still alive in there. Okay. Um, I'll give you a stealth right for me. Yeah, go ahead and make me a 18. stealth check. We'll do I don't know what Puff Puff got. Uh, got it. Okay. Um, all right. So you're you're creeping your way through the house. It's pretty dark in there, and occasionally there are just these like slits of light 
that are just barely managing to get between the shutters and the curtains. So not mm-hmm. very much. These little pinpoints and slashes here and there of these beams shining through the windows down at sharp angles onto the floor. And uh, you... Uh, able... oh. yeah. No, go ahead. No, finish. go ahead. I was going to say, uh, I, you, uh, you're, you're moving along the, the first floor. Uh, the, the boards want to creak and groan under your feet, so you're having to sort of rein your pace back and be very careful about where you put your weight down and giving yourself mm-hmm. away in this old, creaky, complaining house. Am I able to open a window and let the sunlight come in? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you could okay. uh, you could slink over to one of the curtains and uh, and pull them open, and then open the shutters, and just a bright, glaring shaft of sunlight uh, spills into the room. Uh, you're essentially in a living room at the moment. Um, okay, it's not Is that terribly a back, um, a back window. No, it's probably more like a side window. So you're basically okay, looking okay. out into the into the. It's not exactly an alley, but it's the little like side yard between this house and the next building. Yeah, I bet no one can, like, look into it and be like, someone's in there, like... I mean, yes, it's an open window, so if someone were to look in, they could see whatever was in this room, currently being you and Puff Puff. Yeah, but they would have to, like, go up and, like, look in, right? Oh, uh, I mean, it's a first-floor window, so they'd have to be going around the side of the house, and then, you know, they could see what they could see from there. Um, yeah, I'll, 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 fine. I got the sun open and I'm looking around to see if anything scurries away. Okay, uh, so you don't notice anything scurry away. And, uh, and as you look, uh, you can tell, you know, the house has been lived in, um, mm-hmm. it, but it hasn't been very meticulously maintained. So there's a little bit of, uh, dust gathered, but, you know, not a lot. Like, you know, for mm-hmm. a, a couple of weeks, maybe nobody's been doing a decent job of cleaning the place. So you can see a little tracked dirt, uh, a little bit of dust has started to gather on, on surfaces. Um, mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a musty smell cause the place has been closed up pretty tight. Uh, and not, uh, so there hasn't been a whole lot of uh, airflow or anything. Uh, and you actually catch this scent, this, uh, this unfortunately now all too familiar uh, faint metallic scent of old blood. Okay. Uh, but nothing's reacting to... Nothing's the reacting in, in the immediate vicinity, no. Okay. So uh, I'm going to go down to the stairwell and be like, tell it. I don't think there's anything up here, but if you want to come up here. Hi, all right. She'll lumber her way up the, you know. I, I, listen, right. I listen when she's clunking up the stairs if anything stirs. Okay, make, me a, make me a wisdom perception check. 11. You're not positive, but you think think you heard some faint thumping maybe like footsteps maybe uh maybe something walking or um something hitting the floor softly but sort of suddenly <clears throat> excuse me uh, above you happens, from I the second floor to tilly real quick she stops and like as she stops it goes quiet and then you can hear the floor under her go as she shifts her weight a little bit, <laughs> and you uh, no. y- you don't hear anything else. Okay, 
Um, so it might have been her, but he's on guard right now, and he's like, "Just get that. I heard something, but be on guard. I don't know. It, it okay. might be my imagination." No problem. All right. So, uh, where would you like to go? What do you want to do? Uh, investigate the home. Just kind of search the whole place. Yeah, look for the All secret right. thing. Okay. So, uh, you search, you spend some time searching the first floor. Uh, you find a washroom that has seen better days. Uh, the, the smell of the blood gets stronger as you head in that direction toward the front of the house. And you find the source of it when you push open the door to the kitchen and you have a, a momentary gag reflex as the, the stench hits you just like a wave in the face and immediately snaps you back to that, uh, that horrible little chamber in the cartways that you just left. And the kitchen is a charnel house. There is um, blood in the sink and uh, spattered on the walls. You can hear the buzz of flies as they crawl around on it. And uh, you can even smell a little bit of rotten flesh. Uh, don't tell me you don't want to go in there. I don't want to go in there. I have to go in there. You don't have to go in there. I'll go in there. Let's okay. go you, uh, you, you spend some time searching around, and I will say that you find uh, there are the remains of at least two people uh, just sort of rotting in the kitchen. Uh, their entire bodies aren't there. You find an arm... Uh, with a hand that, judging by the uh, varnish on the nails and the sort of delicacy of the bones, was a woman's once. Uh, mm-hmm. And you find a leg that looks like it once belonged to a dwarf. Oh, it's so hairy. I think it, it is a bit. I think, I think, you that's, I think that's dwarven. It, it, look, it looks dwarven. I, yeah. Mm. Yeah. The stint is hurting my eyes. It's like bloody onions. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, so uh, other than that, other than that, you don't find anything of interest in the kitchen. Okay. Um, then, uh, I mean, like, you would, like, look in the living room and all that kind of stuff and do, like, yeah, yeah, a yeah, full, yeah. like, thorough and see if there's, like, yep. stuff hidden somewhere. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just hitting the highlights of the interesting things oh, that you okay. find. So you go back through the living room, uh, nothing, nothing untoward there. Uh, heading up to the first, uh, up to the second floor, uh, mm-hmm. you find several bedrooms, um, a, a few of which they kind of smell like uh, sheets that have gone maybe a week past really needing to be changed out and washed. Um, yeah. And those are the windows that are overlooking the backyard. And you can see that the plaster in here is cracked from whatever strange magic glass was doing that had those uh, thugs falling all over each other. Um, and you can see their discarded heavy crossbows up here, as well as a couple quivers of bolts. Um, mm-hmm. In another bedroom, this one I'll is put those much... on a handy haversack, by the way. Oh, yeah, sure. So, yeah, he picks up the crossbows and just kind of tucks them into the satchel and they just, like, you know, uh, Mary Poppins right down into the into the main pocket. <laughs> Fancy bag there. What have you got? And she yep. has, like, tries to peer into it as he... There's nothing. See it there? Yeah, he opens up the bag. He opens up the bag. You look in, there's really... It doesn't look like there's anything in there. Did I hear a cat in there? Did you put... Is there a cat in there back, too? Shh. Okay, all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, so you continue searching the upstairs, and you find uh, what must be a master bedroom, and mm-hmm. the door is locked. 
I don't know if either of you has Thieves Tools or if we call those Thieves Tools Tilly's Warhammer. Uh, I also have a, a Thieves Tool called a Crowbar. Yeah, there we go. So between the two of you, with Hammer and Crowbar, you guys reduce that door to Flinders and uh, and make your way into the into the master bedroom. Uh, it's it's very nicely appointed. There's uh, nice furniture in here. There's a large, probably queen sized ish bed with uh, posts and a canopy. Um, there's a large wardrobe. Um, you search through there. It has clothes in it. They are. Um, uh, there's actually, we'll say there's uh, five nobles outfits in there. They are um, of various styles, women's clothes. Tilly holds it up. I hold, in my style, I, yeah, I hold them up to Tilly, and I'm just like... <laughs> I think it might be too long for me. They'll Honestly. need some alteration, yeah. <laughs> Her shoulders are a bit broad, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, not, so five nobles outfits. Vibrant red is not my cover. Maybe more brown. Black, more brown. earth tones. Yeah, no, these aren't these aren't brown. earth tones. There's there's gold and silver. There's some black and crimson. There's a, yeah, there's a, a variety of styles. Uh, Stuffing them in until the bag. Searching around underneath the bed, you find a coffin. Are the windows open in here? The windows are closed. I open the windows. So you go and open the curtains, and it looks like the shutters have been replaced with solid boards and have been both glued and nailed closed. And not, like, nailed, like, spiked. Like, so it would... I can't... Crow. No, go ahead. I can't crowbar them? Oh, you, you can, but it's like, it would take doing to open these things, and it would most likely be loud as hell. Tully goes back to where the door is now on splinters and grabs anything that's close to a stake. Just okay, yeah, this. easily. Yep, easy enough. My, my, my sword is out, and uh, I'm very tempted to also light this room on fire. But um, he's going to <laughs> stealthily open the coffin. Is there anything else in the room before I do that? Uh, let's see. What else is in the room? Uh, there is a lovely silk rug. There are a few wall hangings. Uh, and this room, it smells... It's got an aromatic scent to it, like... Um, okay. Maybe some sort of scented oil. Okay. So all I, of that, uh, all that horrible mustiness and stink of the first floor is just banished with this. It's a little overpowering, actually. The 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 scent in here, a little much. Uh, I uh, the silk rug. Uh, can I take mm-hmm. that up and put it in the thing? I want to sell it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Uh, so as you're rolling up the silk rug, um, you realize that some of this this uh, perfume sort of smell is coming from the rug. So it looks like somebody kind of sprinkled whatever on on the rug as well as wherever else it is. So a lot that's of it is, is that makes everything smell nice. That's all. And I'm like taking this rug and like putting it in my bag, and I'm like, mm-hmm. all right. So at this point, the main pouch of your haversack is going to be pretty well full. Okay. But yeah, you can you can roll up the rug and uh, and stuff it into the haversack. Okay. Uh, I, so, I'm uh, literally probably going to offload this shit later today. So, sure. Um, so uh, at this point, uh, I'm like, uh, I look at Tilly and I look at Pop Puff and I was like, okay, um, can I roll a perception uh, real quick? What um, do you? 
because I heard something before and there's a coffin up here and I want to mm-hmm. make sure nothing is like watching us hidden uh, in the sure. shadows okay. somewhere. Yep, go right uh, ahead. All right. All right. A uh, 16. 16. Let's see. Um... Uh, yeah, you spend a moment just kind of stopping and looking around and listening closely. You don't see anyone or anything that might be lurking in the in the sort of shadows or nooks of the room. You don't hear any other sounds. You're wondering maybe if it wasn't just your imagination playing tricks on you because of the creepiness of this place. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so uh, I very much uh, go and I was like, all right. Just be damn your guard. Like, I, mm, all right. Wait, and I, wait, I'm gonna. Wait, if you're if you're gonna open the coffin, I'm gonna smash your window open just in case beforehand. I mean, if it's gonna open, it's gonna wake up whatever's in there anyways. If there's something is. Or get in, get in place. Okay. And she goes by the window, just like waiting for a whole and full then, swing at the window. Then in Sylvan, I look at Papa, and he's like, "On guard. Like, pay attention." Uh, she uh, then... she sort of just nods at you once and then kind of turns and watches the uh, the hallway and just kind of hunkers into okay. this half-ready crouch. Okay. Uh, at this point, um, I would... Oh, uh, sorry. Let, let me back up a minute. One detail I forgot that might be important to you somewhere along the line later. Uh, in those couple yeah. of bedrooms that you saw, there were a total of four beds. Two of them uh, were incredibly filthy, and since you guys had the time to kind of poke around and figure it out, two of them, the bedclothes, like the sheets between the mattress itself and that someone would, you know, lay on top of, were layered with dry, crumbly dirt. So notably, there could have been coffins under the beds, too? There were no coffins under the beds that you saw, but there was dirt sort of layered in the sheets of the bed. Okay. That's fucking rude. Anyway, we'll flash back forward to the uh, to the master bedroom where you're. Uh... So, uh, yeah, what are you doing with the? Are you dragging the coffin out from under the bed, or? Um, so uh, at this point, uh, Tilly's getting ready to bash the the windows. Uh, Puff Puff's on guard, okay. and yep. so the bed, uh, the coffin's under the bed, right? Yes. Currently, yeah. Uh, so looks like it barely but... fits. And what would happen if I flipped open the bed uh, to the point where the it's the bed's flying over, the coffin would be towards the window, and then uh, that's kind of the keyword where she starts bashing the window uh, okay. to get the light in here. So you're going to run into problems because this is a queen-size bed with four posts and a canopy that's all made of wood. Heavy wood. So there is no way. There is no way in the eleven hells of Midgard that Cloak is going to flip that bed. No, it's not. No. I just. Are you Um, going to try to drag it out? Because I don't know if you can drag it out. I don't know if there's going to be a problem. I don't. I don't want anything in there to wake up without anybody else being here, other than us. Frankly, Tilly's like getting nervous, knowing potentially. (laughs) I mean, she's ready for a fight, but. Tilly's fought a lot of vampires. Yeah. <laughs> never a never a full vamp- a full blooded vampire lord though. Mm-mm. Just thralls and spawn. 
What do you want to do? Do you want to set the room on fire? If we're not in it, we can try, but I, you know, I don't know what alarms that would sound for the city. We definitely call the guard over to explain ourselves as to why we set the house on fire. Uh, no, we would, we would start the fire and get the fuck out of here. Because whatever lives in here would ha have to go out in the daylight. And if it's a full vampire, right? It'd be like, oh, the sun. And then fucking set on fire and be like, oh. I don't know what vampires do in the sun, so I'm just really kind of pulling out of my ass right now. <laughs> they, don't, they don't hold up very well. But I will, I will say that, I mean... Whatever we came up here to find that, uh, was his name, uh, Janelle said that was up here. I haven't found it. Have you found anything? So if you burn the house, you I won't get it, but... I think this might be it, but I don't know. I mean, I'll pull it out and you start bashing that window, or bash that window now and then I'll pull it out. <sighs> Alright. Unless you don't want to do it, do you want... Do you want to get out of here? I just, you know, we had a bit of a struggle with a few of them before, and I don't know what oh, exactly no, we're going to do with the rest of this. We're fine. I'm, I mean, right, I'm just, go I got a little bit of scratches. <laughs> All right, let's go. And then, oh, uh, <laughs> bad ideas are plenty. Are you bashing All right. Open? So what I heard is it's I, I go think, time. What's the plan? I think I'm going to wait for you to creak and pull, and if there's any reaction, immediately bash. Um, I'm not going to bash first. And okay. Puff if there's nothing the in there, then Puff Puff is watching um, the hallway. Okay, um, so uh, I begin pulling out the the coffin. All right, so you grab a hold of it, and there are in fact like these handles on the side that you would, or basically like a rail that you would expect pallbearers to grab if they were going to uh, to carry this this coffin in a funeral procession or to load it onto a onto a hearse, and uh, it is polished black wood lustrous uh, with silver fittings and it looks incredibly expensive so you grab a hold of it and you heave and you do have to really kind of brace yourself against that heavy bed frame and drag it out because it is it is not a light thing there is there's a lot going on in here um you you this coffin feels much heavier than even just a big sturdy wood box Mm -hmm. uh, like if there's it something were empty, in it. Would feel, like there's something pretty heavy in it. Yeah. <laughs> so you drag this thing out, and it takes like four good heaves to get uh, like half of it out. And it has that sort of split lid. If you uh, you know what I'm talking about, so you could open half of it, say for a viewing. You manage to drag it, gouging and screeching across the wood floor, crunk, crunk until he kind of sets your teeth on edge every time he has to heave it out another foot and a half or so. Uh, but you finally get that wrenched out. So it's maybe three quarters of the way out from under the bed. You can get at one of the uh, the, the larger section of lid. Uh, and it looks like there is a silver plated lock with a keyhole set inside underneath the lids. Oh, God damn it. Are those locks I see? Oh. One lock, but yes. Mm, so and we you... haven't found a key at all. You have not found a key, no. Okay. Do you want me to carry it outside with you? That way whatever opens, at least it's outside. We're good with that. I mean, if it's locked in, it's locked in, so... Yeah, uh, at this point, after making all that noise, I'm going to roll perception again, uh, just because <laughs> cloak Just kind of lo looking around, listening. Okay. Yeah, um, 
also like not acting like he's listening but also very intently listening um, subtle about a it. 14 uh okay uh continues to look and sound clear just you guys in here okay okay um he's like okay uh let's throw it and then uh start pulling this thing out and it's all right so i will i will i will point out uh dragging this thing outside that is maybe going to be pretty conspicuous oh yeah um dragging it to the living room in the daylight though where the windows are already open i mm-hmm. sure okay uh we would take it down to there or even, or even down the way into the uh, the other bedrooms with open windows. Okay, yeah, uh, I would do that. Sure. Yeah, you guys can. So Tilly, I imagine you're going to help rather than watching him struggle with this damn oh, thing yeah. that's got to be like five, <laughs> three, <laughs> four, five <laughs> times his weight. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you two with the Tilly gets a hand on it and she basically just heaves it up and so she picks it up and just drags it on two of its corners. And when you pick it up, you can definitely feel weight inside of the coffin shift down toward like the, the low end. Something moved in there when you picked it up. Mm, enough but of a weight shift. No other... <laughs> yeah, like something something shifted down as you picked it up, as you picked one end of it up. So basically you have it by like the foot of the coffin here. The yeah. weight definitely shifted down toward the head. It's, I don't... I don't know how I feel about this right now, Clark. It's definitely a heavy something in there. I don't know how big your your sack is. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna. I don't think I can put it in there. But like, we can open it up oh, and see what's inside. Oh no! Not on. a chance. Not a chance. Not even the crowbar. Well, I, I thought you said something about putting the coffin in the haversack. No, 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 no. I, I said I even said no to that. Uh, oh, I know okay. Sorry. Sorry. Um, it, so I was like, no, but like, we could try to open up and see what's inside. And I have it literally where I think it opens. And I have. I will also thing. remind you. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you remember, Loke, but you have a mystery key as well. <gasps> I forgot about that from season one. I'm mm-hmm. gonna use the mystery key. Oh <laughs> All right. God! You can. You, <laughs> you can. Uh, you, so cloak. Cloak has a cloak has an aha moment as you've been dragging this thing toward the door, and he's like, rut, 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 rut. so you set oh, the, you the coffin down, and he reaches into his tunic and he pulls out a little chain, and there is a sort of strange, nondescript iron key hanging from it, and he takes it off, and uh, and cloak, you can feel it kind of tingling in your grip. So I want you to roll a d twenty, and you pick. Which number is good? I imagine it'll either be one or twenty. Up one or twenty? Yeah, it's pick because it's got uh, a five percent chance of working. So what's what's good? I'm gonna use the force on this one. Okay. Twenty. Sixteen. All right. So you take the iron key, you slide it into the lock, and kind of lick your lips beneath the mask, and you try slowly turn it, and it doesn't turn. Looks like it wasn't meant Darn. for this lock. So you withdraw it and put it back around your neck. Oh. I'd have been really happy if someone had donated a nat 20 for that. Ah. <laughs> I miss nat 20s. Um, um, hmm. And I can't... Can I sleight of hand it? I don't have a lockpick set, though. Uh, nope. 
Nope, sleight of hand is not what opens it. It's going to be a dexterity check with thieves' tools. Otherwise, you're going to have to try and force it. Uh, cloak, give me your, uh, give me your crowbar. If you don't mind. Oh, here. And if there's any other windows in this room, Tilly's just going to go ahead and pop them open. And the so you guys are... You guys are basically still in the uh, the master bedroom, right? Um, or did you want to actually take no, it all the way down to the... No, we were going to move it to the other room where those guys jumped up. Okay. Then... Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, oh, okay. uh, yeah, no, I'd say the two... Basically, those are like two rooms that adjoin, and each window in those are open. So Okay. okay. Yep. All right. Okay, so you uh, you drag the coffin down into those rooms, and you can uh, kind of wedge the crowbar in between the, the 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 lid. And I assume you want to pop off the head side of the lid of the coffin, or do you want to get the foot side? The head side's where is the weight at? So I guess we'll go to that. The end. head side is currently where the where the weight is at. Yeah, so you kind of wedge the uh, the crowbar in there, and you just want to kind of go to town on it. You want to smack it with your hammer to lever it. Sure. And she'll like hand cloak one of her steaks as well. Like, oh, I picked this up. Might be okay. okay. I got I got a steak in my hand. <laughs> All right. And then she'll All right. using her hammer as a leverage of weight. Pop up's got garlic in All her right. mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. So you uh you get the the flat sort of tongue of the crowbar between the the base of the coffin and the lid. You wind up with your hammer and you just smash a solid blow straight on that that hardened steel lever. There is a creak crack pop as the the wood splinters, the locking mechanism shatters and the lid pops open. It flies up from the force of your blow and immediately is uh, is basically stopped by this satin-wrapped cord or chain that uh, that holds the lid kind of open. You know, you've seen like a, you know, like a coffin mm-hmm. open with the lid. Uh, inside, it is uh, padded with this red silk cushions on the top sides and bottom that are sort of tacked into place that create these little diamond patterns. And inside, glittering, gleaming, shining in your... Happy little eyes in the light of the sun is gold. A big pile of gold bricks. Get your rug and get the outfits out of your bag now. We're going to put no, all no, the and other shit out the crow's a sudden And a sudden flare of reddish-orange light on the inside of the coffin lid. It picks out into this strange glyph flares incandescent and then explodes in a wave of flame. <laughs> so I need both of you to make dexterity saving throws, please. Oh, Let's do it. <laughs> Why did we split the party again? I thought we were just doing uh, shit. <laughs> okay. Oh, nat 20. Woo. Oh, now nice. it comes out. I'm a little mitt rummy. I've been watching mines <laughs> lately. Oh yeah, we did good. Pop pop teleported the fuck out of there. <laughs> oh yeah, you both you both you both done good. Alright, alright, alright. Uh so let's check something. Thing is even at half damage, depending What's on that? what it is. Oh yeah, yeah, even, yeah. Even at half damage, depending on what it is. I, oh, it might be it might be a hell of a lot. So this is a twenty foot radius centered on the glyph. So essentially, a fireball goes off in your faces. Um, where's my stuff? Y'all? This could have been better if there was a cleric. There and then fair skinned, crap. 
<laughs> so five, six, seven. Not anymore. Put sunscreen on digitally. Ooh, not a great oh. roll. Not a great roll. So that's 21 points of fire damage. Uh, you pass your saving throw, so I believe you take half. Let me double check that. Yes, you take half damage. So you each take 10 fire damage as this explosion of sooty, roiling flame rushes across you. Uh, ooh. All right, Puff Puff shrieks in pain, but she manages to duck behind the doorframe in the hallway, and you hear this, and you can smell the burnt hair uh, as the the fire nearly takes her full in the face, but she manages to duck behind cover. Okay. So she is not doing good at the moment. However, Um, uh, you, so you all kind of, uh, kind of come to, and the room is just devastated at this point. The bedclothes are all burning. Uh, you can see the the plaster is scorched. Um, uh, you guys fire. are you charred and burnt. Yep. Uh, the draperies are on fire. Uh, and you look, and the coffin itself, not only the silk uh, kind of batting and padding on the inside, is all ablaze, burning around these gold bricks that had all fallen to one side of the coffin. The outside of the coffin itself is also burning, which doesn't really strike you as something that should have been happening here. I mean, that was, you know, cold, apparent, you know, to all appearances, dry wood. And you look and you can see a trail of flame racing up the hallway back toward the master bedroom where you came from. Um, at this point, uh, I would grab Puff Puff and I would okay. be like, grab the coffin, jump out the window. And then like, uh, um, yeah, that's what that's what I would yell at Tilly as we're jumping out grab the window. The with grab the money. <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh... <laughs> Indiana Jones moment. Yeah. Tilly is gonna try to lift part of the coffin, at least tilt it to the window. Oh, boy. All right, so you're trying to do this in a hurry. Why don't you go ahead and make me a strength athletics check? Great. Uh, so basically... <laughs> oh, boy. Old bridge showering on the second floor. And puff puff to go, like, go! And then... <laughs> Uh, Puff Puff like just vanishes. Money. <laughs> okay. Puff Puff uh, vanishes in a, a, glit- a shower of golden sparkles. <laughs> okay. Okay, you have to forgive um, me because I haven't done an athletics on this yet. I have a plus eight in athletics, so it's the. the yeah, it's your. your... Cool, cool. Got it, got it. Yep, it's a d20 plus a total of plus eight. Your strength plus okay, your cool. proficiency. And then I have a plus Because five. you are strong. Yeah. Oh no. I'm so sorry. That's okay. It's, can, it's, can I uh, you? Because I have all to type it rough. out. So slash can, I, can I help her with the roll as well? Uh, are you helping her move the coffin or are you jumping out the window? Uh, I'll help her move the coffin and jump out the window. Like, kind of, like, push it. Like, so help you're, her push it at you're, the same time. So you can spend your action to help. All right, so you get advantage okay. on the roll, Tilly. Okay. Okay. This is a lot because... Uh, okay. It's okay. Sorry, I'm not used to rolling in this program, so it's a little weird for me. So, yep. slash dice, space, d20 plus my eight in athletics. Uh-huh. Correct. Did I do it twice? Yes. Okay. You can click the ADD at the bottom. Two. Oh, it's slash die. That's why I was confused. Oh, it wasn't letting me do it. Yeah. Here you go. Wow. Oof. Wow. <sighs> All right. So, you guys fire. are... Uh... 
You, yeah, it's burning, <laughs> and, and in fact, you're each going to take uh, two points of fire damage. And Cloak, okay. you notice that uh, your hands, your gauntlets, you have like palms of flame. Like something is burning on your hands. And okay. uh, and so, yeah, you guys are struggling with the coffin, uh, and then all the gold shifts back down to the other side of, uh, down to the foot of the coffin, which still has a locked lid. Uh, and so you don't quite manage to get it up and dump the gold out the window. But you kind of have the coffin up on its foot at the moment. Mm-hmm. What are you guys going to do? You can see the, the flame sort of runs down the second half of the hallway now, heading toward the okay, master please. bedroom. Chloe's going to swing her hammer to break the front of the coffin on the bottom side and just say, grab what gold you can. We can't take the whole thing. Is it like halfway out the window right now? No, it's not really out the window. Like it kind of got caught on the lid that was open on the on the side of the wall and didn't quite manage to get out. So you guys can try again. But do you want to risk it for the biscuit or do you want to just try to grab what we can and get out of there? I so mean, I'll say, I'll, I, I will tell you guys right now, you saw at least 10 gold bricks, maybe more. Hey, Tilly's used to pillaging, and she's ready to take something, but she's not going to stick around long because she knows it's a fucking fire. <laughs> okay. Uh, so um, so what I would do is uh, ditch out the, the silk carpet and things weighing down my, uh, my shit right now. I think it's a silk carpet. It's the only thing that weighs a lot. Um, sure. And uh, I would put however many bricks I can fit into there and jump out the window. Okay, so you can dump the silk carpet out of the haversack. You reach in and you're thinking about it, you're willing it to be there, and it's just right there. This time, Tilly, when he opens the lid, you can see the t- the rolled up top of the carpet is right there. He grabs it and whips it out, and as he does, that flame that was still licking along his hands on his gauntlets catches on the carpet and it just goes up. <laughs> Whoosh! And you smell this smell that's like uh, like a citronella torch or a candle burning as this carpet lights. And you're but you're thankfully in the in the process of pulling it out and throwing it. So you toss it into the corner and the whole thing just goes up like a Yule log. Oh, that's what it's probably going to. Okay. So mm-hmm. uh, at this point I'm like stuffing gold into the fucking uh All right. So each of those gold bricks weighs 15 pounds. Okay. Do you want me to help you put them in there? Or, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They weigh 10 pounds each. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, he'd be, like, putting them all in there uh, until so he basically, couldn't fit if anymore. So, if, basically, if your haversack is more or less empty, you guys can dump 10 bricks total into the haversack. Eight in the front pouch. Uh, no, no, uh, 12. Eight in the front pouch and two in each of the side pouches. So you have 12 bricks in the haversack, and there are still a few more in the coffin. Uh, although it looks coffin? like... Uh, at this point, you can see it's three. So at this point, as you guys are just dumping gold into the haversack, uh, you hear a... from the master bedroom, and you just see a second fireball consume <laughs> that entire room and just blow back, backdraft style, three quarters of the way down the hallway before it sort of peters out in a great belch of black smoke that rolls into Tilly this room. Grabs Cloak and Puff Puff and pushes him to the door. Like, puff Puff's gone. Just go. 
Okay, Puffpuff is already gone. Him. She uh, after she survived the blast, she teleported out. <laughs> oh, I thought you. I thought you grabbed her. Yeah. Anyways, just, he grabs cloak, or she grabs cloak and goes, "Go, just go. We have to go," and pushes him out. Uh, are you going to have I, the last three bricks? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I, the three bricks we, we, we can do without. We'll come uh, back for the bricks. You each take another. Uh, you each take another point of fire damage. Uh, and actually, uh, cloak. I'm going to give you an extra two from dealing with the carpet and and all of that. Okay. That going up in your hands suddenly. All right. So you guys just dive out the window. Uh, yeah. Because now uh, you look back and the hallway is engulfed in flames. We have no other exit. We have to go. Yeah, I go out the window and get out of here. All right. So you guys go diving out the window and you take seven points of bludgeoning damage when you hit the turf out there. Poof! And uh, you feel something kind of pop in your shoulder, Tilly, and, and Cloak, oh. you land hard on, uh, on one of your legs as you roll to try and absorb the shock. And you can see mm-hmm. Puff Puff like limping, and half of her body is just charred black. The hair is like curled in and scorched. I and cast you can hear her sort her. of. You can hear her sort of whimpering with every breath. And at this point, you can hear shouts of uh, of alarm and people raising alert because you know, just shouts that are starting to echo down the street. Fire! Fire! Uh, I'm gonna cast cure wounds on Puff Puff. Okay. Uh, so this would be six hit points that she gets back. Okay. So uh, she sort of um, is able to set her, her front paw down and put more put her full weight on it, and uh, she seems a good bit improved. Okay. Uh, at this point, um, what's the only way out of here? The river? I mean, the river's one way out. Uh, you could run back to the front of the street where the front of the second floor is burning. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that. Um, you could head along the river and then cut back to the street uh, some you know, some distance away. Okay. Uh, I will cast uh, Pass Without a Trace on us uh, and then uh, sneak the fuck out of here. Okay. Uh, probably take so the river way. Like diving into the river or just going no, along? No, not the diving river into the river, just going along the river and okay. using the banks and all that kind of stuff. No problem. All right, so do you want to go... Um, God, I want to say north or south, but I keep having to remember that the, the Zobek map is flipped. Do you want to go uh, west, which is up, or east, which is down? Um, up, because that's where the Dancing Bear Tavern is, right? True. True. Okay. Yeah. So you get you you guys could actually, I think, just uh, make your way along the river toward the dancing bear. Okay. Uh, we're totally going to do that. Oh no, the dancing bear is uh, farther inland. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, you guys can do that. Okay. Uh, all right. So why don't you make me a dexterity stealth check with your plus ten bonuses, please? All right. Plus ten. Fuck. Sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Eleven. What's Puff Puff get? Oh, that Puff Puff got that. What? What? Uh, what's Tilly get? No, we're not yep. doing well, right? Now. That disadvantage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, disadvantage due to heavy armor. Because yes. armor. Oh, oh sorry. yeah. Sorry. So, so twelve. So twelve. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, okay. I, th- I believe, thanks to the pass without trace, you guys are able to slip away. 
since all <sighs> eyes are kind of on the fire, which is at the front of the house and not at the back. So uh, mm -hmm. you slip away at just as the bucket brigades begin forming and people swarm toward the river. Okay. Uh, so you make your way uh, toward the west. Like, you smell like burnt hair. We smell like burnt hair. Somebody's gonna smell. You like smell like you like smell like burnt hair, and you have this just sort of aura of both smoke and um, this like burning floral scent that's around you. Like I said, sort of like a citronella torch. Yeah. Okay. Um, so at this point, uh, I would uh, just get back to the room and lay low for a while. Okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, does, everyone, does everyone over at the dancing bear in? hear people shouting fire fire and and see smoke <laughs> yeah what what's going on um are we still catching wind of this yet <laughs> uh so you guys uh get to the dancing bear and you head back into um into rowan's room i believe right you kind of take everybody yep. back there so uh you can probably get some food and some drink from the bar and then take it up to the room uh everybody can have some lunch uh Janielle eats ravenously and uh, and and just basically, you hand him a, a flagon of water, and he drains it. Um, the uh, let's see, yeah, um, about I don't know, God, it's going to be like probably close to an hour because they took their time searching the house and all of that. Uh, about an hour later, maybe an hour and fifteen minutes later. Uh, you guys start hearing this ruckus, this din from outside. It's it's kind of indistinct at first, but it starts to grow uh, more insistent and uh, urgent. And you can hear people shouting. Just mechanical question: uh, Can we consider mm -hmm. it a short rest since we were eating and relaxing while they yeah. were? Yeah, you guys the house were. Down? You guys were. Yeah, you guys were chilling for an hour. You can totally finish a short rest. Yeah. I'm just imagining them walking in and we're just sipping sipping tea and uh, catching up on everything that's happened <laughs> and suddenly they're just coming in I'm sure they'll be fine looking, <laughs> looking, like they, looking like they've been through hell Totally. It's, it's, it's very much it's very much like you guys hear like commotion where it's like fire fire and all of a sudden you hear the door shut and we're both standing there all like charred and like <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so as you guys, uh, so yeah, how do you guys react to hearing this commotion from outside? It's not coming from the tavern, it's definitely coming from outside the window, out in the street. Let's take a look, it's most likely them. So you go take a look. Uh, you crack open the window, you look around, you're trying to figure out. It's really sort of uh, indistinct what the shouts are, and then you notice this great plume of smoke coming from the northeast, which is toward the river. And uh, you pretty quickly put together that people are shouting fire. Well, you know it was He got that little vial of finished fire, you know he was wanting to use it. <laughs> yeah. Should we go try to I rescue would... them or let them burn up? I would say I'm surprised, but also it's Cloak and Tilly. Why did we leave them alone again? 
actually, Glass is probably more long. We must go help our friends. <laughs> They've obviously run into trouble. Uh, I look torn between uh, going between <laughs> both options. Fine. All right. Fine. So uh, about the time that you guys are realizing that you should probably go check on your friends, uh, Puff Puff appears in your room. <laughs> And she's kind of whimpering. <laughs> and the entire right side of her body is charred and burnt. And she's got her tail is kind of down and tucked between her legs. And uh, and she's sort of looking around at you with her ears laid like flat back. And oh, kind of nervously you. licking her licking her chops. Come, come here. Come here, sweetie. And uh, he's puff, puff, they are in big trouble. Uh, oh, so going to just, uh, you're going to work on healing Puff Puff, no problem. Yeah. So um, you can tell that she was probably wounded much worse than this and has received some healing. So you can drop easily just a, a cure wounds into her and she'll be fine. The rest of you can hear tromping on the stairs outside. <laughs> I assume we can recognize the tromping. <laughs> It's it's strangely muffled, but you could hear muttered dwarvish cursing along with it, so it's pretty clear who it is. It's fine. It's fine. We're fine. We're alive. Just give me some breath of ale. I have at least two ales. Just three. I don't. This is too much. I'm drunk. I'll start pouring ale out of the uh, out of the alchemist All right. So you fill the alchemist jug with beer. Uh, when yes. the uh, the lock clicks, the door opens, and a scorched, bedraggled, battered, uh, just rough-looking pair make their way in. Tilly's armor is charred. Uh, her braids are burnt at the ends and along the sides. Uh, they have pretty nasty burns on their face. Cloak is bloodied. Yeah. What the hell happened? All right, to you? all right. Cloak is cloak is limping. Um, he's probably got uh, like a sprain. He sprained his knee. It looks like. <laughs> Tilly looks oh. into the mug for the beer. She like smells the beer. I, I, I have a mug like out and it's like handing it to you. <sighs> Are you all right? What the? Was it an attack? Well, look, Was it? Okay. I I shut the door and I go. Kind of. So we found a coffin, and we're like, hey, let's take this coffin to a room full of daylight. And then we did that. And we're like, let's open the coffin. And then we just... Wait, 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 wait. What? You found a coffin. I had a stuff. You found a coffin in a house full of vampires. And you thought it would be a good idea to open it. Without the of us there. I did see... I do well, I was inside. Come on. To have you there, uh, but it strong. had a lock on the outside, so I thought, oh well, if it's was it a outside, portal to hell? May, may, may I introduce you for a moment to your cleric <laughs> and your paladin, who have experience with things of the undead type, and your wizard. That's okay. Us. Okay. Hi. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Cloak, do you want to so, tell them what, what we found? But keep your voice really oh, low. Okay, uh, everyone, be, be very quiet. And then I uh, pull out two bars of gold. All right. So he reaches into his uh, into his magical satchel and pulls out and kind of grunts with the weight a little bit. Two gold bricks. 
Rose gonna take. They're uh, they're a little bit charred. <laughs> they have some soot <laughs> and scorch marks on them, but uh, but yeah, those are yeah, those are. Three, ten, um, wow. Three, ten, ten pounds of gold. Bars of gold. Two for you. Two for Kelly. And there we go. Two for me. Glass uh-huh. looks very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> you did this for gold. You did not know. Do we? Did you find out where Cosina okay, is? This is what happened. We opened it up. It was full of gold, and we're like, "Look at all the gold!" And then there was a rune on the top of the thing. And we're like, "What the fuck's that?" And we exploded mm-hmm. with a fireball. Uh, and then the bottom Classic. of the uh, it blew up the other room uh, after a little bit. And uh, I had a silk carpet. That silk carpet was full of something that lit on fire really quickly. Um, and uh, yeah, and here we are. We jumped out the window. There was a cool explosion behind us. Um, and yeah. Now that now that he mentions that, they definitely smell like burning accelerant. So like imagine uh, like an alcohol or other sort of like naphtha based perfume or uh, or fragrance. And that was yeah. <laughs> Can we take a bath? There's also a really disgusting yeah. kitchen. Very bloody. Oh, yeah, that was full of body parts. Oh, that's going to smell terrible. Oh. I, I believe that we should just give you both a bath uh, right now. If it, I, I don't want group baths. Why not? Let's do it. I'd love to do it. I, I'd i love to. Yes, I'm, I'm bathing. Group baths. There is a bathhouse. I've got a big tub, and there's a bathhouse. We could all go. Or I can just use my looking, tongue. Tilly's looking at glass like, if, you know, Are we not concerned happens? about that part of the, the, the docks quarter is on fire? Uh, you guys can now hear can now hear the <laughs> ringing of bells. He's <laughs> I, I, like, it'll be fine. I was concerned until I found out it was these two who did it. Now I'm less Less concerned and surprised and more disappointed. But, I mean, maybe it will shower. rain. I'm, I, I'm, I'm the only one going to shower these two with trees. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you guys are great. You got away with a bunch of gold, found a classic <laughs> vampire trap, and uh, now we're going to take a group bath together. I mean, it's a good day. I, don't I found my oldest beer. friend in the world. Immediately orders another beer. I just... I've, I've got We're in your room. room. I, I, it makes five guys. <laughs> yeah, you, you <laughs> can't can see. Why is the bar in the bar? The bar is going like, hey, guys, that's what I found. All right, so yeah, you just sort of you just sort of you just sort of wave your gauntleted hand to Glass in the keep it coming motion, and he just slides the alchemist jug over to you with its two gallons of beer in it. (laughs) Okay, she tests to see if she can lift it to take it to her bath with her. Uh, Just can I? Tilly, sixteen pounds. Yeah, you can lift it. Tilly's got it like like... Tilly's strong enough to lift. Oh yeah. 16 pounds. Oh, yeah. When she's grabbing Tilly by the scruff of her neck, like a kitten. It's like, going to the bathhouse. Because I need to give you and Cloak both a good wash, and we're washing all of this. Whatever it is off of you, and getting rid of the evidence. Yes. Was there anyone at the bar when you came? Well, I, you. 
No, I cast that one spell. They might have heard my feet, but there's also a dancing bear down there, so they might not have heard anything. So This is true. Also, look at your poor dog. I, I know. I tried healing her. And, and so, uh, it's like... yeah, she's kind of, like, gone back over next to Cloak and is curled up next to him at the moment. And so I thank you for healing her. She looks a lot better now. Is her fur growing back yet? Um, <laughs> I mean, looks better, but it's still like, yeah. uh, you know, imagine somebody did that stupid spray, you know, uh, spray some hairspray into a lighter thing near your head, and now yeah. you have that little crispy patch. That's, it, that's what's going on there. It's only where the armor isn't, right? Because she's has the yeah, armor. Yeah, she's yeah, okay. she wears barding, so so most of it is okay, but like along the side of her face, her ear one of the ears is noticeably the shag on it is much shorter than on the other one. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he like as I point the mic that is was burned <laughs> off by the dragon. That's right. That's right. She uh she kind of opens her mouth in this doggy grin and her tongue lolls out at Glass. Uh, Cloak, did you uh, did you keep any of these silver or the gold uh, clothing remnants? Do you mind? Oh yeah, Do hold on. Want? And then he pulls out uh, fancy. Pick the shiniest horse. one and like gives it to like tell him to give it to Rowan. See, I, I shiny for uh, you. That's what we found. Shiny well, dress. Look, you, you you can't just play. You can't just play me with Look at Chinese. <laughs> oh, she no, starts I will, shaking. I, I, will, I will not be. I will not be. Uh, There's cloth of gold. I, I, I will it's be. Got little, it has little iridescent seed pearls. She's I thought about her eyes are dilated. Mm. She's like, ha. Ah. Before the fire, <laughs> she's got, you know. She's going to snatch it from you. <laughs> All right. Just, just so, what's the plan? Are you guys are you guys actually heading uh, heading across town to the to the bathhouse? Well, I gave everyone two bars of gold. Um, so, how much is a bar of gold? So, each of those bars is ten pounds. They are five hundred gold pieces worth. Whoa! I got a thousand gold. Mm-hmm. You're so rich. And I will remind you that Tilly was side eyeing you pretty hard when you said there was two for everybody. <laughs> it might not be a smut so, dwarf, but I can count. <laughs> uh, that's something. What I, I, I look at her like as like everyone's like discussing and looking at the girl. And I was like, what the, what's discussing on the trip? Uh, so <laughs> she like she's like giving him the you're gonna buy me every beer I ask for from now on out. Eyebrow. Flash me another. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't. I, I would. I truly wouldn't mind the bath, but this. I mean, I've got. I'll get out of this armor. It's silk shattered. Well, I'm sure that we can put down the bars of gold for a moment and get some bars of soap for both of you. And for me, because I. Well, Jonel is so still a mess. Also, I mean, press digitation only can but get you so far, right? Let's yeah, I'm kind of press yeah. Let's well, you. Uh... Yeah, uh, so he's just kind of like in the corner of the room at this whole time, just sort of watching you all with wide eyes. And as the the commotion kind of settles down, he says, "I, I I'm I'm so sorry. I, I had no idea that she had trapped whatever it was. Shit happens. 
I mean, I hadn't had that, an adventure like that in like 20 minutes, so it was pretty. <laughs> it's not your it's fault. Genial. Is Genial a vampire or a dampier? Uh, I imagine he's a dampier because you walk. I thought he was a dampier, yeah. 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 He was he's, a, uh, yeah. One of my people. <laughs> yeah, here, let me help yeah, you out. Yeah. He's like, no, no. He's like, no, we insist. <laughs> 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 All right. Nice guy. Yep, yep. All right, so what's the plan from here, folks? Uh, head to the bathhouse. All right. Yeah. So is everybody uh, heading to the... The opposite way, the opposite way around where the, where the fire is occurring. Okay, uh, all right. Sure, uh, sure, sure. Rowan's going to, is going to give uh, Tilly her cloak and pull the hood up just so no one sees how burnt and bedraggled she looks and is going to make sure that Cloak has his own cloak pulled up. Oh, it's always Okay. So, how long way do you want to go? Like, do you want to circle the city, or do you just want to make sure that you don't take a route that takes you right by the burning house? Just take, don't take a route that takes us by the burning house. Okay. So, then you guys can just uh, head down to sort of the, uh, the, the main road, swing south, Cross the cross the Derry River at the nearby bridge and head basically straight to Crown Square, where the old the old Strauss Public Bathhouse waits. Oh, I'm gonna open up that map so I can see what's going on. Sure. Um, so, uh, like, you can, okay. um, uh, Tilly, you were saying you wanted to take off your armor first, just so you weren't wandering around the city with charred plate and all that good stuff. All right, yeah. So that'll make you much less conspicuous. You guys can do that. You can make sure your uh, any any obvious fire evidence is covered up. So at this point, um, when you guys head out onto the street, you can see that there are concerned people kind of on the street looking up toward the gullet. Uh, you can still hear the, the alarm bells ringing. Uh, the shouts have calmed down. And you're still a good bit away, so you can't really see any of the commotion that's going on there. You can still see smoke rising from that area, but from what you can tell from here, it doesn't look like it has spread. Or if it has spread, at least not terribly much. So it's not like half the district is burning. They're probably going to find the bodies now. That'll be fine. They'll burn. Right? Oh no, they'll find a lot of bodies in there. There's, you guys didn't see the kitchen. Or smell it. He starts smelling like the burned parts of him. He's like, that smells better. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you guys make your way uh, across the city, no problem, uh, walking along the well-maintained cobbled streets into Crown Square. You can see the city hall with the massive Great Strauss clock uh, in its in its face up in the tower, um, calling out the time of day. So at this point, it must be what about three o'clock in the afternoon, somewhere around there. Since you guys mm-hmm. took an hour and then uh, and then spent some time, eh, maybe more like two two thirty. Uh, and so you cross to t- uh, you cross Crown Square toward the bathhouse, which I believe some of you at least have been to before. Uh, it is a large. Um, Basically, it's a, it's a grand sort of marble building, and you know that it has two floors, uh, the street level, and then 
it drops down underground. So when you head in, there's this uh, this opulent sort of entrance area and, and entry hall. You can see that there are servants who are kind of seated on these plush benches that must be waiting for their masters who are inside. Uh, and then past there, there is a terrace that overlooks the main bath. And you look down in there and you can see people in the pool of the main bath sort of socializing, relaxing in the water. Um, you can see people having a late lunch. You see servants delivering wine uh, off on some of the uh, divans that are laid around the, the main pool. You can see um, uh, men and women who are dressed in uh basically light robes that mark them as employees of the of the bathhouse you can see them uh providing massages um you know all all manner of just sort of uh pampering going on down there you uh, um would... yep sorry go ahead no go ahead go ahead no i'll no, go ahead yeah, yeah how do you guys want to proceed oh um you know that basically uh i would walk up to the counter and be like can we can we have uh, your finest private uh bath area for all five of us. All right. Uh, so you guys are looking for a private room. Um, they don't really have... So the uh, the individual you're speaking to says, Oh, uh, of course, Master. Uh, we don't have private rooms per se. However, I do believe that at this very moment... Several of the lower pools are unoccupied, and for a fee, I could see to it that it remains that way for um, How much? a reasonable amount of time. Oh, I think perhaps uh, ten griffins would see to it that uh, your reservation is kept. I put slide in one platinum and then an additional gold <laughs> coin on top of that, uh, oh, no. and go make sure it stays that way. I will indeed, sir. Uh, if you require anything. Just ask. And so he uh, he kind of snaps his fingers, and uh, another servant comes to show you the way. Okay. Do you provide uh, food, food and drink? To oh, of course, mistress. But of course. You wouldn't believe how many drugs they sell here. Come on. Not that I do that anymore. Um, and uh, I don't know what they want to drink, but some meat, please, would be much appreciated. I Quick question. Glass mm -hmm. is probably feeling uncomfortable here. How? What is sort of any attitudes towards Trollkin being in the public baths? I know we're not very common down here. Kind of seen as. I mean, is is it? It all's cool in Zobak, or is it kind of still? You know, also since I've got, I know I've got that low esteem thing or whatever. I'm sorry. Uh, Status. Low status. Low status. Yeah, my, <laughs> my, 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 my team problems, but uh, my status just, being low that, as that well. Just means being... you're, not, you're not personally well known. Um, no, really, uh, Zobek is a pretty cosmopolitan place. Um, it's not quite as, eh, look at that, whatever, as some uh, a city like, say, Waterdeep in the Forgotten Realms. But they get a lot of traffic from a lot of different places. And it's not unheard of to see, you know, contingents from the Dragon Empire or even one of the flying fortresses of Sikkim from the east will come through and basically do a trade stop every now and then. Uh, this is this is the heart of the crossroads. This is everything from every place in central Midgard and beyond comes through here. Okay, so... They called me, they called me mistress. 
Yep. Raven folk are very esteemed. Uh, Trollkin, you just don't know necessarily. He actually gives a little bit of a glance towards Tilly, uh, knowing that dwarves and, you know, historically he's had issues. And sorry, and Bimmy being the only Trollkin, probably he maybe got a lot more self conscious about himself. Um, So, but, so, so, uh, you know. The one thing that those of you who've been here before are sort of reminded of, and those of you who've never been here before kind of pick up on, is that the bathhouse seems to be a sort of mixing ground for social strata. You can see uh, laborers and what are clearly gentry. Um, there are no, as far as you can tell, there are no true aristocracy or nobility in uh, in Zobek, but there are moneyed, influential families. There is an upper crust, whether they have royal or noble titles or not, those people exist. And it seems like they just sort of accept each other's presence here as part of, it's just part of the, part of the ambiance. Uh, and so that sort of extends to other people you might think of as strange if you were to run into them on the street. So they don't see a whole lot of Trollkin, but this is the bathhouse, and so everyone's welcome here as long as you're not making trouble. Uh, you do know that you, you know, are not allowed, you're not expected to take weapons or uh, any of that business in here. So if you have obvious weapons, they will kind of check them for you and, uh, and store them. Um, okay. And then they will lead you downstairs to the great baths, uh, and then from there, they will lead you through a small archway into, uh, let's say they'll take you to the uh, heating and plunge pools. So they take you into uh, a side room off of the great bath. There are two pools here, and one of them is warm. You can see there's steam coming off of it, and there are uh, great... Uh, there's a great hearth nearby with these large sort of round flattish stones, almost that would be oversized skipping stones, if you know what I'm talking about. And those are heated and it looks like they have been placed into the water from directly from the hearth to kind of heat it up. And you can see there is an interesting creature coiled up near the hearth. You stop for a moment because it strikes you as a dragon. But it's uh, smallish. It looks up, blinks its eyes, and it has this uh, bluish-gray, almost silvery uh, coat of scales. And uh, kind of lifts its head off of its crossed paws, where it was just sort of lounging, kind of in the steam from the heated bath next to the hearth. Notes each of you and the servant that led you in. Draws in a deep breath. And then exhales a great burst of scalding, boiling water into the heated pool. And then it uh, kind of smacks its jaws a little bit and then nods, satisfied. Looks up at all of you and says, Should be perfect. Thank you. What a wonderful host you are. Uh, I am glad. So, uh, Who are you? This is the creature you can see. Cool. Bathhouse Drake. Okay. Yay. It's, yep, it's a bathhouse Drake. Yep. Uh, I want a so bathhouse sort of, Drake. It sort of settles back down. And when you, uh, you, you introduce yourself, and uh, it kind of picks its head back up, and it smiles with this very bizarre reptilian smile. 
uh, and uh, tilts its head a little bit and looks at you and says, It's wonderful to make your acquaintance. I am Kirthis. Kirthis. I'm going to write that down. K-Y-R-T-H-Y-S-S. Okay. A-Y-R-T-H? K-Y-R-T-H-Y-S-S. Karthus. Anyway, so uh, it just sort of uh, settles back point, down uh, and lets out a huff of breath and a little coil of steam puffs out of its nostrils. And uh, the servant that was sent with you comes over and says, uh, Honored and revered Kirthus, these wonderful patrons have requested a private room for their own meeting. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, we could perhaps see to your... He kind of pauses and he says, see to a, a, a refreshment for you. And it, uh, the, the drake kind of blinks its eyes lazily, looks at all of you and says, I suppose if uh, you wish your privacy... Well, I think I think kind of, yeah. Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> so it uh, it sort of stretches and arches its back like a cat as it it stands up, and uh, it has these um, ridges and fins along its back and running down its tail, and these wing membranes that sort of come off of its forelegs, and it arches its back and stretches those out, and then uh, and sort of straightens and says, "Very well." I shall take my meal. If you require my assistance, don't hesitate to send one of the servants. Hmm? Do enjoy your bath. And it just sort of languidly and gracefully walks toward the door following the servant. Thank you, Carthus. Bye, Carthus. I, I, I look at glass and I was like, that was so fucking cool. <laughs> We, I, I, I've known of an alehouse drake. We had there was one up in Bimia, but I've never seen a bathhouse drake. What's an alehouse drake? Kind of same idea, but they hang around the alehouse. Do they? they, can, they love it's the very nice because they can they can charm everybody whenever there's a bar fight or whatever. It is they are kind of like bouncers in that way. You know, I think oh. that may be tame. They you buy them a drink, and they usually have a good ear and can tell you a bit about uh, what all is happening around town. I bet you that Carthus hears quite a bit as well. Good to remember for later, oh. maybe. Oh. All right. So, uh, drink the ale. Oh yeah, yeah, they drink the ale. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, so the room that you guys are in is uh, is very softly lit. There are reclining chairs, low tables. Um, it's just kind of like it's it's early summer outside. If it were a hotter day, this would maybe be uncomfortable. But certainly, given the uh, sore, uh, you know, the soreness and stiff muscles that you guys are experiencing, given your recent misadventures, um, the hot water feels like it's uh, it's going to do you some good. Um, and so uh, it looks like there are games. There are some uh, game boards built into a few of the tabletops as well as pieces for them if you, uh, if you uh, prefer to play any of those that are kept here for you. And uh, you know that usually the courtesans, uh, courtiers and uh, masseurs and masseuses would uh, sometimes circulate through this room. Um, but you guys have requested privacy, so you likely aren't going to see them. 
Unless they bring uh, Rowan's raw meat. Right. Well, yeah. Eventually, they're going to bring you guys food as you requested. So this is uh, life. Glass is going to find more like to a steam bath instead of necessarily a plunge <laughs> bath. He's probably going to find the steamy spot, uh, the steamy spot over by the the hearth or wherever they're boiling. Where I know Carthus was doing a lot of the water heating, but uh, if there's sort of a steamy, just sort of spot, kind of just you know keep a towel wrapped himself and stuff in the kind of lounge over where it's warm. Sure. Okay. Uh, it was Kirthus, by the way, not Karthus. Kirthus, I'm sorry. Yeah. Kirthus. Kirthus. Uh, right. So, yeah, you guys, um, and you're also adjoining the saunas. You're also adjoining the saunas. So you could go into the next room and, and use the steam rooms if you want. But yeah, you guys can, uh, can, uh, relax however you'd like. Uh, eventually, within a few minutes, any food or drink that you've ordered is brought uh, and sort of arranged on trays and left for you. So there's an arangement of cheeses, breads, fruits, uh, raw meat for Rowan, um, cured oh, meats for the rest of you. Nothing like nothing like cooked steaks or anything, but like uh, cured sausages and the like sliced for uh, e- easy finger food that isn't going to be messy mm-hmm. in and around the baths. Party food. Yeah, exactly. Party food. Uh, but it's also very hearty and uh, and very filling and very delicious. Tilly is uh, unabashed by nudity and being around everybody. Grabs sausage, grabs some beer, and just dads in the bath. Just walks sure. right in. Nope. Yep. Yeah. You asked for it. Same Let's deal. Go. Come on. Uh, the it's only okay, thing that's uh, it's finally happening. Oh, well. <laughs> She's a dwarf on dwarf kind of girl. I think we're all fine. The only thing that Cloak would take off, uh, Cloak would have you know take off the rest of his clothes, but leave his cloak on, and he would take his Mm -hmm. mask off and put it down, and then get in the bath. So at this point, I don't think Tilly and uh, Rowan for sure have ever seen Cloak's full face. I imagine the others may have at one point or another, but uh, Glass has. Glass has. Riordan has been too fucked up on drugs to see it. <laughs> so do you want to do you want to describe Cloak's face? I don't know that we've ever gotten um, a description of it. So Not Cloak anyway. um for gnome looks uh pretty young. Uh he um has bright red hair. Uh which you've seen like little tufts of it like maybe trick out like from his cloak. Uh his eyes are uh bright green. Uh his like eyebrows are very much look like uh uh very thick and like kind of have little uh horns on the end of them uh like frill out uh very much you see like there's like tan a tan mark from like where the mask would hit his like son so that very much looks like he wears goggles all the time um and you could tell totally tell where he wears his mask uh but yeah very very young looking uh very slender face uh and uh yeah that's what he looks like very cool all right so do you guys have any specific discussions you want to get into, or are you just going to kind of enjoy the baths and uh, relax? And... I think it's... And is going to just swan dive in. All right. Yeah, Rowan, Rowan dives into the water. And she doesn't bird bath it, where she just, like, sits in the shallow part and then just... <laughs> well, um, once, once she, once she um, re-emerges from the water, she's just going to do the thing where they sort of shake their feathers and all the water just goes yeah <laughs> that, that thing that birds do in the bird bar yep I think even if Cloak is trying to relax Glass is just hammering him with questions 
There was no sheets of paper in the house. There was uh, no books. Uh, no. Tell me more about the, the room. Did you get a good look at the room? What did it look like before it blew up in your face? Uh, can I have an arcana roll to see if I can accurately yeah. describe? Yeah, uh, you can make an intelligence arcana or investigation check to try and piece together what you remember. And Tilly, if you want to help, uh, you can do so with advantage. At this point, Oh, uh, is Tilly helping? Uh, yeah, so yeah, if Tilly's going to help, you don't have to roll uh, uh, simply. Uh, Glaz can roll with, or, sorry, Cloak can roll with advantage. Yeah, Tilly's like trying to remember uh, how to draw 14. the shape in this game. 14, like, okay. Um, uh, I will okay, say that that is, that is sufficient, Glaz, for you to recognize a glyph of warding. Oh, so that there was a glyph of warning. So I assume you checked for traps. You did check for traps before you opened up a coffin with, in a vampire house, right? Surely. I mean, that's the first thing you would do, right? Oh, yeah. Totally. I totally looked for traps right off the bat. So that's a... sometimes they use some kind of magic to mask this, clo- this, this warning. You oh, have to yeah. remember that. Invisibility. I got a glass. You know. Glass. You also know that uh, magical traps can be quite difficult to locate. Um, they oh, sort of try to hide themselves, and so the more powerful the spellcaster, the more difficult they are to find. Right. Yes. So uh, yes. I mean, you really probably did not even have any chance. Uh, something like that is going to hide itself very well. But you, at least, you were very careful before you did it. Now, you talk about this fire. You said it was on the coffin. It was on your hands. It was on the. It burnt apart a silk rug. It went running down the hallway. Tell me about running down the hallway. Now, because the hallway was slanted, so it like was liquid running down, or. So, uh, it's, I don't know what happened, but it was like running from the back of it, and then it ran down the hallway, and then when it went back into the first room where we found the coffin, it went, and there was another explosion, and then all of a sudden there was a huge fire bellowing from that room, and we're like, looks like we have to jump out the window. That's, uh, that's pretty much how it went. Uh, Tilly, you remember one time after a raid when you and your men were uh, were celebrating and shit was getting pretty raucous, and you remember that Ragnar one time took a bottle of spirits that you guys had uh, had taken, and he poured a line of it along the bar after you guys got back to the village, and he lit it, and the way the the blue edged flame ran along that uh, that that liquor that he poured on the bar that reminded you very much of what you saw in the hallway. It, it it traveled as if it was uh, uh, fueled by ale, you know, like it just very quickly. I've only seen like once. So kind of along the path that maybe you drug. So when you drug this coffin around, well, I, it left a trail or something. It definitely had some sort right. of, yeah. Almost like a fuse like... of, gun pa- of black powder or something. Yeah, and the silk mm, carpet that I tried I to take as powder, I pulled it but... out. No, it was more like a, a, a citrus smell. Uh, and as it like mm-hmm. lit on fire, it like, <sighs> and I was like, oh, so that smell that we smell, smell on you. Yeah, I smell like burnt flowers now. Hmm. And he's like rubbing the get blood off of him and shit. Rowan, Rowan's gonna grab the cloak and is going to use a bar of soap and start scrubbing him. Ah. <laughs> and there's very much like you see like the, like the dirt that's like built up over time. Uh, and just like all that kind of stuff, and uh, I wonder, is my mouse still alive, Dan? Tonks? Uh, yeah, yeah, Tonks, Tonks was tucked away. 
uh, in that uh, in that little little altercation. So, okay. uh, well, it's up to you. Did you like? Did you take Tonks along to go down into the cartways and all that, or Tonks is? Oh, Tonk lives it in the cloak. Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, yeah, Tonks is Tonks is okay. You made your saving throw. Tonks is fine. Okay. So Tonks is like you see all of a sudden like as you're like scrubbing me, there's like a mouse that like peeks its head out and like looks at you. And Cloak's cloak is uh, is behaving a little bit weird in the bath. It kind of floats on top of the water and spreads out around him. Can Doesn't really get sodden and sink into the into the water so much. Ro- Rowan's thinking it's probably magical. Yeah, seems likely. And. Rowan's just going to keep scrubbing at you, and it's it's halfway between a really thorough good clean and war torture. And what? Tilly's gonna <laughs> and, she's just, and water torture. She's sort of like oh, water torture. This scene going on is like I get dunked in the water and I'll. <laughs> Kayla asks, are you, are you going to watch that? And she'll point at the cloak. It does smell a bit like Bernanish, just like the rest of her clothes, dude. The, the, the actual cloak. Are you going to watch it? Am I going to watch it? Did she just... I, I, I mean, we're in, like, scented water. Like, look, it's washing itself. She's going to start scrubbing it with the soap. All right, so you, you go to scrub the cloak. Uh, how do you feel about that cloak? You okay with her taking soap and water to your to your cloak? Or No. Because now remember, Rowan, his cloak, certainly around the hood, there's like moss growing on it and little mushrooms and oh, little she, like sprouted to, acorns. It's just, it's just the, um, the burnt edges she wants to try and clean up. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So as you as you go and, and check out the cloak, you actually find that there really aren't any burnt edges on it. And uh, and the more that you kind of pay attention, now that you've scrubbed him, the smell of that, that burning citronella, that burnt flower sort of uh, stink that had been clinging to him is mostly gone now. And so what you smell is like, it smells like wet loam in the forest. If you just kind of dig your fingers down into forest soil and turn over a clod of it, that sort of... Uh, that sort of earthy smell, along with this faint floral hint that you kind of caught a whiff of one time back when you were uh, doing one of your your foretellings for Cloak. It's that, that faint scent of jasmine. Oh, well, that, uh, that's uh, peculiar. It's, uh, it's all clean already. I will... Uh... Okay. Yeah, it's really easily clean. That's uh, the fabric. Where, where did you get this? Uh, it's a long story. Tell me a story. I'm an old woman. <laughs> I like stories. No, no, Glass, you have more questions? Uh, yeah, no, Glass has not stopped asking questions. <laughs> um, he, I, I kind of figure that, like, as Cloak is, like, in the pool, sort of, like, moving along, that Glass is sort of up on the edge, walking with him, sort of, like, bending down, trying to ask him questions. Uh, being a stonehide druid, a druid, being a stonehide trollkin, uh, you know, he if he you know if they've got like dry brushes and stuff in there, like that often like you would find in a song, he kind of does more of like the dry brush type of thing to get clean because he's kind of stone skinned. Um, <laughs> but uh, so you're not going. To I mean, he's very hy- he's hy- he's very hygienic, but he's not a you know he's not a big him cleaning himself is much more along the lines of sort of 
a, like dry brushing than necessarily you know a soap and soap and water type uh, type idea. I kind of it's kind of how I figure as a troll can sure. seeing as he regenerates and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of more of a it's I think of I don't want to say like a reptile, but kind of something along those you know he basically just gets the old you know skin and stuff off and that gets him clean. Uh, if that's okay. Steam kind of loosens really? it up a little bit, you know. Um, Rayadan's relaxing. Uh, he's still concerned about uh, Danielle. Who is is here, or do we leave behind? You guys tell me. Did you want to like bring him we to the soak scabbard, or did you want to bring him here? I think we oh, we're bathing him, him here. He? he smells like shit. Yeah, yeah I think that yeah, would be. Yeah, you play. guys. My, I thought you guys brought him here to clean him up. So he, you know, he just kind of stripped his, which were essentially kind of nasty rags at this point, his old clothes off. Uh, likewise, not terribly abashed about being, you know, nude in front of strangers. Uh, it seems like the attitudes here about this are are relatively non. Uh, problematic and so he just sort of settles down into the water and he lets out this immense sigh that's just weight flowing out of him and he just kind of soaks and for a long time the only thing of him that's visible is the tip of his nose and just is like the top of his eyebrows he's just floating down in the water and uh, so he eventually he eventually comes up and, and takes some soap and uses a washcloth and scrubs himself head to toe and he spends and yeah, probably a good a good fifteen minutes at it. Tell us everything. Yeah. I mean, it's yes. been so long since I've seen you, and I rather come to terms with the fact that you were long dead. There's been a there's been a great, uh, very great deal that happened. Uh, I'll tell you everything I can. And so he. Um, it's been a while. Why don't you give us a description of Janielle? Because uh, we haven't talked about him since your prelude. So what does yeah. what does he look like? Yeah, um, he's he looks younger than uh, Riordan, or at least he did. Maybe he's aged with uh, both of time, but also with the amount of torture yeah. <laughs> that's um, right. been been done to him. But uh, he's got sort of long, silvery hair compared to Riordan's short, uh, sort of brown locks. And he, I think he looks more classically sort of elven than uh, than Riordan does. Um, okay, like maybe he had sort some of those... elf marked, uh, yeah, yeah, elf marked sort of blood like in a... his bloodline somewhere as well. Yeah, it looks sort of royal uh, features, I guess. So like high cheekbones. Um, sure. And uh, sort of like a, almost like an aquiline kind of Roman nose kind of deal, or right, right, yeah. Um, and this, uh, yeah, what that's yeah, really... eyes. Yeah, what color is eyes? Uh, we'll say green. Yeah. Green. Okay. Cool. All right. So, yeah, basically all of that, but he has definitely aged hard, even in the relatively short time since you last saw right. him. Um, his his trials have, have weighed on him. Um, his complexion, while naturally very pale, uh, is unhealthy at this point, and you're quite sure that he's been fed upon um, a, a fair bit. And so he's probably, he's basically just above half his maximum hit points is how far he can go until he really manages to rest all of that, uh, all of that draining off. Um, and uh, the, uh, you, you guys have used healing magic on him. So the bruising has all faded. Uh, he has scars that you don't remember. Uh, he has terrible crisscrossed lash scars on his back. 
Um, he has cut scars basically running down his arms and legs. It looks like his fingers and toes have all been broken at some point and mostly mended correctly, but you can see every now and then there's a little bit of that telltale. Um, you can see that uh, he has a few scars on his face as well, um, like a, a, even a little bit of maybe a cauliflower ear on one side. So he's he's taken a, a fair few significant beatings. And uh, so he begins to just kind of tell you what happened since he was taken. He relates that, uh, that he was, uh, that many of your people died in that initial assault on the throne room, just as you suspected, but several, including your immediate family, your mother and father did survive that blast and were oh left God. alive, impaled on those bone stakes that erupted out of the ground and they were made examples of in front of the palace and they were left there basically impaled to die. Uh, he <sighs> was at least one who Cosinia ordered taken down. And when he says she saved him, that is only in the barest terms. He was taken as a source of information and he suspects as possibly eventually a source of leverage against you. Um, and so he explains, he explains how he, and he, he starts to break down a little bit and every now and then you have to kind of let him collect himself as he explains that on his information, Cosinia systematically chased down all of your various cells and networks and killed or even turned into spawn all of them, at least in the blood kingdom itself, and then began ranging out into the farther, uh, the farther cells of your faith that have been outside the blood kingdom. And she eventually, he is not exactly sure how she became aware that you were still alive. It was thought that you died in that, ex in that explosion. And then there was chaos. There was fire. You know, many bodies were lost um, or rendered unrecognizable. And so you were assumed dead. She somehow learned that you were still alive and very specifically that you were in Zobek, learned a very great deal about you. And, uh, and he explains how she uh, learned that some of your, she began to track the movements of some of your flock, Phelan in particular, and uh, how she set a trap for him. And ultimately that was uh, a message to you. And he'll say, I, for, for some, some weeks now, she has been spending almost all of her time Elsewhere in the city, I do not know where. Uh, I am certain that she has taken up with influential people. I don't know who or how precisely, but I know that uh, she is not content to scrape her business out of the shadows or, or the dark alleyways. She seeks the halls of power. You, you remember how she was. She was mm -hmm. the, the handmaiden to the high priestess. She would accept no less. And so she is still here in Zobek. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we were left in that house uh, as as bait. I don't know if uh, you simply managed to discover her trail. I'm sorry. I wish I knew. It's okay. And yeah, definitely. Redan's probably been tearing up through some of the story as well. You know, almost confirmation that his parents are definitely dead. Um, yeah, yeah. It's a rough everyone, one. E everyone we knew, uh, everyone that I knew is gone. 
only Kaja remains. And you remember that he was the person who initially, you, like you and he, initially yeah. set Kaja up as as the the, the person to, to lead this cell of the faith here. And so that was your last remaining, that basically that was the last thread of, uh, of essentially your, your mission that you sent out before the attempted coup. And so that was the only safe place for you to go in the aftermath of that. And so uh, he says, as far as I know, this is the only group that has survived. It's possible there are others. She sent agents into the other nations where we were hiding. I don't know for sure, but her information was so extensive. It wasn't only me that she was drawing from, I'm certain. I'm certain she was very thorough in her investigations. The only... Yes. Small mercy, then, that you still survived. I come to think that you died long long time ago. I escaped with Cain. And we came here. He he brightens up a little bit and and he says, "Ah, I I suppose I could have guessed Uh, it would have been him. That's that's wonderful. Uh, uh, I I should like to thank him. He was, I'm certain, I've been keen to hear your words and see you alive as well, but he is recently past. Uh, he just kind of closes his eyes for a moment and, uh, and then opens them and says, I'm so sorry, and reaches out and puts his hand on your, sh- on, on your shoulder. I know how much he meant to you. Well. So uh, uh, how, is, how yeah. is the emotional stuff for Riodan toward Janiel at this point? Is there distance, oh, awkwardness? Yeah, what's, what's going on? What's it like? Yeah, that's a really... I don't think Red N's really figured that out yet because they were... Um, I guess Genyel was probably the person that he would have thought he would have spent the rest of his life with. And then mm-hmm. he thought he was dead. And mm-hmm. it sort of reconciled... I guess, yeah, sort of come to terms of that and also and deleted that part of his life, I guess, uh, in, in what... In what he saw his future being, he never thought there would ever be anyone else uh, there, except from his friends. And now suddenly that's back, maybe. Um, so he hasn't really processed it yet. Um, Got it. He's he's definitely um, affectionate towards Genial, but um, you know you don't just go back to being where they <laughs> right where they were right. at. Um, so uh, for. For the other part, uh, like anytime he touches Riodan, and it's a little few and far between, but there's always uh, kind of a lingering to the to the contact. Mm-hmm. But he never pushes it, and he certainly never says anything. But there's almost like there's a question in his eyes that he's not giving voice. Uh, right, so right. for the moment, it's a little difficult to work out what's going on on his side of things as well. Um, mm. So how are the how are the rest of you just kind of hunkering back and listening and kind of taking in everything that's gone on? Rowan's heart is just bleeding for them. Oh. To lighten the mood, she just looks between them and just splashes Riordan. Yep. He'll uh, yeah, we'll get taken out of things for a moment, and then splash her back. 
Janielle laughs. Janielle actually laughs the first time you've heard anything uh, resembling true, actual joy or happiness from him, apart from his first realization that you were you in that basement. All right. So Cloak is it's just bathing himself, kind of like paying attention, but not really being engaged into it because it's not his emotions that he sure. that are being engaged. So, Fredo, I, I think giving him respect and distance. It's a tough, tough time to talk about loss of family and stuff, and she knows that. So, she's trying to keep her space in between. Okay, I think Glaz is probably picking up on the details, the wins, the where's, the who's. He's not going to jump in and pry. He knows better. Even Glaz knows better than to start, you know, riddling for questions. But he certainly is going to take, uh, you know, just the way that his intellect works is uh, truly take mental notes. He's not going to be there scribbling it down, but mental notes that he probably will write down tonight, uh, back at his at their place at his place to of uh, any names places um where sex were trying to to him it's a mystery of how sure. has been tracking them and he's trying to sherlock his way through whatever clues he can get off of you know from these secondhand experiences which of course frustrates him a little bit but so you can you can pull a decent amount of information just from listening if you whip out you know uh a parchment and, and pen or uh, or charcoal, you can jot down some useful notes. And then whenever you have time, you think it might be welcome, you could ask for more specific details and that would help you fill in a lot um, of, uh, of this. So yeah, you could start tracking down, maybe sort of backtracking how uh, and through what channels Cosinia got all of her information and started, uh, started systematically destroying Riodan's family's faith. Right. Uh, anything? Rowan's oh, yeah. just still trying to lighten the mood slash Rio Dan and is trying to get Tilly to join in. Hmm. Mm, Tilly's just guarding her beer from the water. Oh no, you're fine. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, t- Tilly, what's what's uh, what's Tilly's kind of reaction and response to most of this? Just kind of quiet listening or um, I assume, I mean, Tilly's entire focus has been what's been happening in the North, not necessarily tie in with this. Her whole focus was to come down here to bring Rowan down. So, um, I think, I think Tilly knowing, having seen or heard about what Reed had gone through with his loss of his friend and stuff is mm-hmm. mindful of people being lost in, in battle and stuff and just kind of, it's, sure. she does the disconnect of like, life will go on and you'll be fine and is letting them have their talk and. As long as Rowan is seeming like she's somewhat picking up the mood thing, she's not concerned. So, just listening and keeping her space. Okay. Uh, Is there anything else you guys wanted to discuss or handle in the bathhouse? Or does it just sort of, you know, travel on and time pass until, you know, with your basic unwinding, catching up until you're you're good? I want a short rest. Yeah, yeah. You guys who didn't take a uh, short rest can take one, certainly. We should discuss the movements of the Bird Kingdom then. It seems like Cosinia is and the situation is far worse than we than we anticipated. Yes, um <clears throat> well if she's gotten this far then 
Daniel's right. In influential company, she will be a menace upon more than just those who remain. And it's probably only a matter of time before she finds out about the silk scabbard. And he, uh, he, he winces and says, oh, she already knows. Yes, I mean, for tracking... She's been tracking you for months. Then uh, our friends there are in danger. Yes. I don't know when or when she will strike. We should be guarding that place night and day. Or moving. Moving well, your shrine, your temple. A new safe house. That's calorie, perhaps. Good idea. Genial, yes, Rowan. Other than Kosena, then she was oh, already wait. there. That was Hold her on. spot. Sorry. Hang on. Hang on, Glass. Yeah. Have, have you heard anything about a place called the Book Fetish? He uh, he thinks and he says, "Yes, I I, I believe I've I've heard that name. Uh, I, I don't know much about it. It was something in in conjunction with uh, the person she was tracking, who she killed in the cardways." Cassinia did not mention it too much. Not too much. She was not in the habit of telling me her plans. I, I was able to overhear things now and again. Particularly when her minions were careless. I feel that we should find a safe place for Kaja. And the rest of your, of your ilk at the Silk Scabbard. And I believe we should be mindful of the actions of your friend at this at the book fetish cloak. I have bad feelings. No. I know why they uh they're tracking uh or they have the post of failing. He was going there to buy reagents and was he going there for the other things, or no? Or so, um, you get the feeling that you noticed that he had one of those platinum coins, and he clearly had another one of them at some point, because you could see the impression yeah. of it in the leather. Um, mm -hmm. There seemed to be something special about that, those coins that wasn't simply being used for currency. That was in, like, a separate... Mm -hmm. Almost like... Like, not exactly the same way, but the similar sort of feel, mm -hmm. the way uh, Ladislav had those blood marks tucked away in a separate place. So those weren't for currency or spending. Uh, those, okay. those, headsman's, those headsman's platinums that he had were for a specific purpose. Okay. Um, I think he uh, went there for a little bit of uh, uh, finding rare items and... Um, how do I say this? Um, getting tied down? I understand your meaning, but I think that you might want to keep an eye on your lady friend as well. Mainly because we have let slip too much. I have let slip too much. And we have left a trail. And I think <laughs> that <laughs> is going to start to... Well, they're probably going to be very upset because we just set a lot of their things on fire. So, they may be looking for us. Yeah. Um, hold on. Does the Zelda family sound familiar to you, Jordan? Zealous. Um, no. No, I don't recognize that name. Uh, but I 
do know that a few of the others, and in, including Ladislav, especially Ladislav, and the other the other vampire minion, uh, they were complaining about Cosinia's new perfumes, about how how strong they were. Uh, who did perfumes? I feel like we've ran into perfumes lately. The painted man? Did he have perfumes? I mean, he he wore some kind of fragrance, yeah. What about the perfumes? Uh, just that they were uh, uh, very strong, and she had she had so many new ones so often. So she must have found uh, I don't know. She must have found a, a, a supplier with a, a great variety that she liked. Um, perhaps uh, blossoms that she couldn't find in the Blood Kingdom. Uh, the vampires' noses are much more. Uh, their all their senses are much sharper than than those of a mortal, so it was probably uh, bothering them. Can I roll a history to see if I know any place in Zobek that sells a lot of perfumes? Uh, sure. You can make an intelligence history check. Uh, three. No, uh, I can't. You're not sure. You might have to. You might have to look around. Hmm. Well, can can. Glass chime in? Sure. What do you think? Oh, just because we know that the Zillis family deals in botanicals and spell components. That is one of their import and export. That is one of the things they are known for. That is what uh, Vandessian told us. And rare flowers are uh, high up on their list. Yes. Oh, sorry, I should put it on a visit. And if you so, recall... Uh... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, just if you recall... Um, oh, I don't think I was there. Uh, I wasn't there. Someplace was out of the, the flower. There, there was a there's a shortage, if you recall. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The city. A cory blossom, yeah. Yeah, the cory blossoms are. There's a shortage in town. I thought Clark brought that up to all you guys. No, oh, I'm not sure did. if you brought up that detail. I don't. Yeah, no, I, can't I, recall. I brought. Yeah, Cloak told you guys about that. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. So all of that, it's it's all leading back to imports of flowers. And the Zillis family certainly has quite a bit of power. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, and they're, they're right up there. Thrick has got quite powerful, and he considers them a, a rival. Uh, I wouldn't say that Thrick considers the Zealous a rival. Remember, he's a mercenary oh. captain, and they're you know they're uh, basically a merchant family, so they are they are influential. Um, but it was just they had not... hired the people that were right. against him. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. that's one of I the up. one of the one of the uh, people working for the one of the the Zealous men uh, hired some people for a job that you guys ended up. Scrapping with and killing <laughs> down in the yeah. down in the cartways, who had fallen yeah. into some strange shadow cult bullshit. Uh, yes. So, and all of this talk reminds you that uh, this is the night when the Black Shields are scheduled to have a sit down with the Cloden Nine at a, a private area <laughs> in the uh, in the Silk Scabbard. Yep. So that is happening at midnight this very night, uh, and I would just remind you guys of that if that's something you want to attend. You're certainly not required to. I, I think we probably should. Question. Well, knowing, 
the last thing we want to have happen is something to happen to those two groups at the Silk Scabbard because of us, you know, burning down a vampire's house and stealing all their gold. And uh, Glad gives a big, toothy, tusky smile. Yay, gold. Uh, uh, I think we should probably be there so we can avoid things happening to three groups, the third being Kaiser. Loke, you got something? Is there banks in Zobek? Um, I'm going to tentatively go with yes, and then I'll have to do a little research to double check. Make sure I don't. Okay, uh, I, just, I just want to know for the future because maybe I want to deposit. My there's money. definitely, there's definitely like money changers and, and that sort of deal. So, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm gonna be there, but um, I don't know what necessarily. What should I go after next? And the Zealous family is something I don't know how to go about handling them. Maybe we might be able to gather some more information regarding this at the meeting tonight. Possibly. If it's not interrupted. We should all be there to provide protection, and I, I am very fearful that something will happen. All right, so if there are any preparations you guys are wanting to make uh, before the sit-down, you have, let's see, at this point, you've probably got a good seven hours before the meeting at the Silk Scabbard, so plenty of time to make any sort of preparations you guys want to, um, which we can handle that. Let's put a pin in that, and we'll handle it next session as we're we're running up on time here. I want to make sure we have all our immediate business squared away. Is there anything else you guys needed to touch in on here or that you want to make sure we hit next time. So I'll make a note that we want to uh, augur the meeting. I mean, other than Tilly going back and getting her armor from the sure. dancing bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's no problem. Any specific things you want to do? Anything you want to set up? Any... If if there is, think about that. We can we can correspond, you know, offline, you know, online over it for the next week or so. And then we can handle that. Mm-hmm next week and and run into run into the uh to the actual meeting uh one thing i will like to uh to know what are you going to do for sort of a permanent basis with janielle where is he going to be staying you you have some time to figure that out but do think about yeah. that and, uh, and let me know how you want to handle him because he oh, basically has nothing how much is a house how much is a house? It's going to depend on where in Zobek you're looking, and I actually have a giant handy chart of that from the Zobek Gazetteer. As, as well, rents, there was that abandoned... As, all that stuff. There was that abandoned tannery. There is an abandoned building you could squat in. Alright, so uh, we'll worry about... Those are those yeah. are things that I want you guys to kind of think about, and if we want to kind of message about it through the coming week, we can have that squared away for next. So as you guys wrap up in the bathhouse, you have... You know, you have some some stresses coming back up as you start to put some of these pieces together, but your time in the, the steam and the heated pools is incredibly relaxing. It soothes your your uh, your tight muscles, your your sore bruises, and just helps to ease the tension out of you and lets you feel just refreshed. Uh, in, in all a lot of ways, it was just extremely cleansing. Um, and as you all are, are dried and dressed and heading back out into the streets of Zobek as evening comes on, Cloak, 
the hair on the back of your neck stands up and you hear this faint rushing sound kind of in the back of your head. And then you hear a mm-hmm. voice, the voice that you haven't heard in years, your uncle's. You recognize it immediately. Nephew, we can't provide this month's obligation. Grandmother's daughters are close, surrounding us. We don't know why. You will have to perform this month's sacrifice. And that's where we'll stop. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. Ha <laughs> ha. GG. <laughs> I was oh, like, everything's man. going too well. Right? Yeah, this is going well. <laughs> so uh, you would recognize that cloak. That was a sending spell. Yeah. How's how's the yeah. sacrifice work? Do I have to go back to Eheim? Well, we could talk about that. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll <laughs> worry about those right. details. We'll worry about those details later. Oh my right. god! Well, 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 my friends. That's where we're going to end tonight's episode of the World Tree Birds. If you enjoyed it, let us know. You can follow the show. Hit the follow button. Join us. If you're watching on YouTube, you can subscribe, like, and subscribe. Um, man, Kerbal Press, check it out. Check out the world of Midgard if you're not already playing in this game. Fucking awesome, um, bathhouse breaks. Check that shit out. Uh, you need that in every campaign. Uh, <laughs> yeah, straight up need that in every single campaign. Uh, so check out KerbalPress.com. And let's get around the, uh, the cast and the crew. Did we enjoy ourselves? Where can we find you guys online? Dan, great job tonight. How was that today, my friend? Thank you very much. Uh, I had a blast. I, I missed you guys terribly. I missed your faces, and uh, I'm super happy to get back into playing, and I love running this game for this crew, so that was a lot of fun to tie up some interesting loose ends and find some awesome treasure with a price and uh, and, and set up some, some cool, bloody, fun stuff for next time. Uh, I hope you I hope you guys enjoyed it. I had a blast. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm Dan Dillon. Uh, I'm a freelance writer for Cobalt Press, and I've done a little bit of work for uh, for Wizards of the Coast in Dungeon of the Mad Mage. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dan underscore Dillon underscore one. I love talking D&D. Come and hit me up. Yeah, awesome. And Simply Jackson, how about yourself? How was that tonight? It was good. It was good. I, uh, I enjoyed getting a little bit of pillaging in. I feel like she hasn't uh, had much of a time with that, but she is used to it with her history, so I'm excited about that. Um, fun little side mission, I guess, for Cloak and I. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to be back. I uh, I feel like I'm a little, uh, like, uh, we've been gone so long, my brain's a little fog on how to do and how to be in this, but we'll come back around next week. I'm excited to keep going. So, yeah. You did good. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And uh, McLogan, how about you? Hi, I'm McLogan. Uh, you might recognize me from uh, such films as uh, The Fire You Gnome and uh, <laughs> uh, How to Get a Sacrifice in 10 Days. Uh, hey, everyone. Uh, I uh, I do my uh, show on uh, Mixer.com slash StoryQuest. Uh, I'm actually wrapping up Chosen. Uh, this will be the last episode this week. Uh, and uh, then planning on another show at, at some point in time. Um, but uh, I'm going to be on quite a few shows. I'm on this show Tuesdays, Mondays. Uh, I'm on Unmade Games Channel playing Numenera. Um, uh, Fridays I'll be in a Rogue Trader campaign. I don't know what I'm going to play yet. Ooh, um, fun. Pilot of, I love Rogue Trader. I've never played it, but I love Warhammer 40K. So... Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sundays, I'm going to be on Tushu Call of Cthulhu and Mouse Guard. 
So that'll be a busy day for me. And then uh, Thursdays, uh, you guys should come check out uh, King's Hustle here on Counter Roleplay, where my uh, lovely partner, Metamancer, is uh, GMing that campaign, uh, which all the shenanigans that apparently uh, always breaks out into laughter where everyone's crying. But yeah, that's me. Follow me at my Twitter, at McLoken. Awesome. Yay. And scull them off. Hello, friends. I missed this game so much. So if if Simply thinks that her head's a little fog, then uh, mine's about twice that because I haven't played in over a month. Oh, uh, my goodness. I, yeah, I've missed everybody. I've missed being my weird bird lady. And mm -hmm. I hope that that's, I was, she was sufficiently creepy tonight. Uh, always. I, <laughs> she's always like that. Old habits die hard. I am Scarlet Moth. You can find me at that Scarlet Moth on Twitter. I am an artist, cosplayer, and D and D lover. You can find me uh, on this channel every Wednesday, sorry Tuesday time zones for World Tree Burns, of course, and on Monday mornings uh, US time. You can find me on Almighty Tales in the Death Shades campaign. I'm also going to be starting up a Planescape campaign on that channel very shortly. Ah, cool. So I, I'm very excited about that. We have some uh, people who are regulars in the chat, like Antonin, who's a friend of mine, as well as Leela Hahn, uh, Time Patches, a few other great players, and I'm looking forward to DMing them through perhaps one of my favorite uh, settings. Ooh, awesome. So, yeah. Love it. Fantastic. Uh, and then last but not least, Cold School. Uh, always such a blast to uh, see all the wonderful things of in Midgard come to life here in our campaign. Uh, I'm Tall Squall. You can find me at Tall Squall at Twitter, and there's a pinned tweet there that leads you to all the other fun stuff that I'm in. Um, I hope to see you all around, and we'll see you next week. Fantastic. Well, my friends, uh, we're back online tomorrow at 2 o'clock Eastern for Call of Cthulhu, followed by some uh, Warhammer fantasy roleplay. But until next time, my friends, try not to roll too many that ones because we'll be the laughing when you do. Good night, everybody. Bye. Good night. Thanks for watching. Bye.